I'm not a fan of sex scenes in movies anyways. It comes off as awkward. That one was fine. That's probably one of my favorite ones just because you get it. Like, yeah, it's sensual, blah, blah, blah. But you don't you don't see the gratuitous nudity or like yeah. the dude's ass cheeks flapping as they're like banging against the wall or some bullshit. Hello, and welcome to A Cast With No Name. We're your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 8, Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. This episode, we will discuss our top five favorite 80s comedies. But first, we have an exciting announcement. Yes, we do. The long-awaited... you, Everyone, you tens of listeners, have waited for a long time. We are happy to announce we have a new website. And the web address is a cast with no name.com. Original. Original. Very original. We thought outside the box with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have a new website. You're able to comment on individual episodes on uh, the website, a cast with no name.com. Plus, we also have a write in email uh, if you want to send in questions, send in topics for us to cover. Uh, any movie requests you'd like us to review. Um, berate us. Berate us, absolutely. Um, Tell us why Jay sucks Yes. analyzing movies. <clears throat> yes, please go in-depth <laughs> or just one sentence, three words, whatever. Uh, we want to hear it all. So um, the web address will be in the description of this episode and all the past episodes, as well as our email. Our email is contact.com a cast with no name at gmail.com. So uh, if you have time or if you care that much, please feel free to, uh, to write to us. We'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, I want to hear what the listener, the listener in uh, Russia has to say right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one guy <laughs> or the listener in Cameroon. Yep. Yeah. So uh, this is bad on us, but uh, we haven't commented on our own page yet, but I'm sure pretty haven't. sure you can just, comment i think the only thing that's required is you have to submit an email i'm not sure don't worry we're not facebook we're not going to sell your email address we don't we don't give a shit i don't even know how to do that <laughs> yeah it's no no one would buy it anyways so it took us this long to 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 make it to yeah. make it <laughs> yeah yes this isn't brand new technology we're talking about here folks. yeah and when you go there it's a very <laughs> simple website so it's not it's not anything great but it, it gets the job done so yeah it's not uh, mckinsey and price waterhouse cooper yeah please feel free <laughs> if you have any uh advice on our website or anything you want us to add uh let us know so um but yeah we're super excited about that and we're really eager to hear from you absolutely um so please write in take time out of your day and uh, make us happy yes please so but yeah that's it yeah it's great to be back jay yeah what happened i i got i got sick you i got, got i got the rona i got the vid <laughs> so yeah we've been gone for a couple of weeks um the two weeks ago we both had work functions that we had to attend mm -hmm. and then we were going to record last monday but um that previous day i tested positive for covid so I was having the time of my life this past week. 
Um, you sure you sure were yeah it was, it was fantastic mm-hmm. it's uh have you had it yet not well not that i know of. okay i can't believe i didn't get it from you me and you had like an 80s movie marathon yeah we did it you're, was like that sitting, the night before i was sweating in your house when my fever broke you were sitting a foot away from me we shared some chicken wings yeah well, yeah, yeah we had chicken wings we were drinking beers and oh, yeah. uh yeah i'm surprised you didn't get it it's it was weird yeah Kids didn't get it. My wife didn't get it. Gave no. it to my parents though, so they're dealing with that. So yeah. that's that. But they're get they're they're doing good. So, yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, it was just a ugh, it sucked. I know, it's so dumb. I know, but uh, but yeah. So if you, you survived, yeah, yeah, you right as rain. Still, still here. I'm right as the mail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, however, a good thing that came from it, I swear, I I, I watched so many movies. You went on a Tom Hanks binge. Right? I did. I think I watched his '80s filmography and then uh, touched on a couple of. Uh, I watched You Got Mail. I went onto a little Nora oh. Ephron binge. Watched that and okay. uh, When Harry Met Sally. All right. Uh, but um, she's a good writer. Yeah, I like yeah. your stuff. Yeah, she does good good work and did uh, good work. Tom Hanks '80s. Yeah, it's awesome. Prime. It's a good. The, it's uh, a good rabbit hole to go down. Yep. The. Uh, but yeah, watched uh what else did I um Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh yeah. Watched that. Um because I, it was like one of those nights where I was just half asleep all day and then by the time it for bedtime I couldn't get to sleep. So well, You just popped it on. Popped it on, watched the whole thing, loved that movie too. Um It is a good movie. A lot of people don't like it, I guess. I mean I like it. I think a lot of Hitchhiker diehard fans don't like it because it's different. But mm. from my understanding, the book has had multiple versions because i think douglas adams rewrote the story somewhat or he just kept revising it yeah and then he did the radio show and that was different from the book and then the movie's different from the book so it's like every time he did the story you changed it up changed it up a little bit um and i i haven't seen or listened um i tried reading the book the book is funny um i got a little bit into it and then life took over and i just never got a chance to finish it but i i'm not aware of the different versions mm. so i don't know if he made those changes to appease the kind of medium that the story was being told through so like the bbc who, who wrote this what's his name douglas adams okay so there's a there's the book um which i think had a couple different versions then he did a bbc radio show and that was slightly different and i'm not sure if there was a tv show or not um i should have researched that but uh fuck it um but can do everything yeah from my understanding (laughs) i think it was different just based on whatever medium was applied so um i like it i like martin Martin freeman yeah yeah he's 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 really good um it's funny i i gained a lot of respect for him as an actor when i watched the hobbit bonus features because Mm. the appendices that uh peter jackson put together on the extended uh blu-ray trilogies right um you see him giving different delivery for each take right he was saying the same line but his inflection was different and he even commented on the bonus uh scenes um the reason why he does that is just to give editors and directors a lot more to work with and he's like yeah just come up with as many different ways that i say or deliver a line and that way they have a bunch of variations they can pick the best one yeah his arc in that trilogy was great where mm-hmm. he, you know he only cared about himself and then it culminates to when thorn dies and mm-hmm. you can just you know get, get, well done yeah good job yeah he's really i it's like a good him actor. a lot but yeah 
<clears throat> so yeah, that that's uh that's what I've been up to this past week. Yeah. Um anything new with you? No. Uh well, I watched a ton of 80s comedies to yeah. prepare for this episode. Nice. Yeah, a bunch. Uh and we'll get into that, but uh no, I caught up on The Boys and Stranger Things with with my wife. Mhm. Cuz we're prepping for uh the new seasons that are coming up for both of those. Yep. Already almost all the way through part one of Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. I think we are four episodes in. Okay. Um, I do like the direction they're going. I'm a fan of it actually being pretty scary this season. Yeah. Just get a little creepy. Robert Englund uh, did a little he did. cameo. Cause I was, I, I was I, like, that's I tur- well done. I turned to uh, <laughs> Christy. I was like, I wonder who, cause he did, he did Victor Creel. Yes. And I was wondering I was like, I wonder who Victor Creel is. And I was like, it's got to be somebody yeah. because they're going to meet him. And I was like, well, we talked about this over the week. And I was like, this is giving me like Nightmare on the Elm, uh, on Elm Street vibes. Mm-hmm. A lot of the setup going through the house and everything. And it's just a nice the nightmare, touch. like Nightmare Warriors. And- yes. Nice touch <clears throat> that Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Yeah. It's a nice touch. They cast him because that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. So cool. Other than that, no. Yeah. New trailer dropped today, I think. A little teaser. Yeah. Uh, Pinocchio. Sure uh, did. Upcoming Robert Zemeckis film and starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto and also has Joseph Gordon-Lovett as Jiminy Cricket and um, Keegan-Michael Key as Honest John. Uh, live action adaptation of yep. the Disney animated classic. So this falls in line with the Cinderella Live action remake they did, The Beauty and the Beast. Lion King, um, Aladdin. Lion King, Aladdin. Um, I forgot about those two. <laughs> yes. They did all those, Jay. They're doing them all. Um, Pocahontas is going to come out, and then Brother Bear, all mm-hmm. that stuff is yeah, it's yeah. coming. Brother Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The um, What'd you think? Uh, I mean, they didn't show a lot. It was only like a minute and a half, but uh, it reminded me a lot of The Witches. Okay. Yep. Uh, a recent adaptation. That, recent adaptation that is being directed by Robert Zemeckis. Or reboot, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough yet to know if it'll be good or bad, but uh, I don't like the fact that they're releasing it the same day. I wish it would just be released in theaters, which that right there makes me think that, oh. It's not good. Are they are they confident in this? Yeah. I don't think they are. And, and that's becoming, I feel like, a telling sign to where if it's yeah. only in theaters, you know. Yep they they're pretty positive it's gonna be they're willing yeah. to spend the money on the distribution sure to get the movie seen yep and to make that money um yeah i i felt the same way too when i saw it was released same day i was like ah oh, crap yep it's, it's, in september it's fine yeah it's september 4th yeah Yeesh. it's uh Ooh. well is that labor day uh i uh, just before i think september 4th is the friday before i think it's labor day weekend okay pretty sure but yeah yeah we'll see i don't don't know if i like tom hanks doing i think he was doing an italian accent which i was like oh it's like star bright (laughs) i wish i may yeah when he's rhyming in the window yeah like when i saw the trailer and he was praying uh praying or wishing upon his star or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh he was doing the recital i understand it's it's line for line but (laughs) i was watching that and the first thing i thought of I was one I thought it was like it's eh, a little weird just mm-hmm. seeing Tom Hanks say that I was like that's a str- that just seems awkward like and then I thought 
did Robert Zemeckis think the same thing when he was shooting this? Like, were they all on set and he just reads the line and after they get done and Zemeckis yells cut, where was everyone in that room be like, well, I guess that's the scene. Right. Like, right. It's, it just felt awkward and weird. Um, yep. I, it'll, I mean, it'll be interesting how it is. I'm not a huge Pinocchio fan. I've seen the movie that I can remember once. Um, and I bought it just because I was in a phase of buying all Disney Blu-rays in preparation, knowing, okay, I'm going to have children someday. I might as well get the physical sure. copy, the signature yep. edition, whatever, with all the bonus features, might as well get it, own it. And that way we have it. We don't have to buy it later. Yep. Um, and that obviously that was before streaming became right, huge. Saying, so then, now, <laughs> now it's all available and I'm like, well, fuck me. Right. So yeah. yeah. And then Disney plus came out and ruined your whole plan. Yep. yep. So um i think pinocchio is the second right right yeah after it was the Snow second White. yeah it was the yeah. second animated feature and it's just weird oh god yeah and the what is it what's the island called where all the got pleasure island yes the smoking cigars and yeah and turn, they, yeah turn into donkeys and drinking alcohol scene. yeah Woo, as a kid that's a little jarring which i don't i never read the book I don't, i'm not yeah, familiar I with the original fairy tale so i don't know how much they added how much they kept and i mean all that could be in there yeah. i don't know um but yeah it'll yeah i i don't know we'll see i don't know it's uh i thought cinderella was decent when it came out yeah. um as far as the live action adaptation beauty and the beast i thought was eh. it's okay but i think cinderella worked because there was it was an hour and 15 minutes was the movie i mean it wasn't yeah. that long there no. really wasn't much there but they kind of expanded on it um and I think that one turned out pretty well. Yeah. Um, but go back on Beauty and the Beast here. Didn't you make a comment where you thought Emma Watson's voice was underwhelming? Oh, yeah. It, it was. It, which, what, what was it? Like, your wife was like, oh, I, I think it's fine. I was like, sure, it's fine. But it definitely doesn't fill the room. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. But I, I, I felt like it was her whole performance. And that was Hermione 2.0. Um, yeah. I haven't seen her in anything else, so I can't say if she's a good actress or not. Um, she was what perks of being a wallflower or something yeah, like that. I saw that one. Um, I, I I don't know if her she has yeah. any range or anything, but half the facial expression she had in Beauty and the Beast, I was like, oh, it's Hermione. Yep, she's reading a book. Yep. Hermione. I mean, they're similar characters, some at some somewhat, but yeah. Um, but yeah, her voice I thought was. It, yeah. I, I don't think it like it's not booming enough. I think they should have probably gotten a Broadway star to probably do that. somebody or a singer that is able to act. Um, hence Broadway or something to be able to put that on. They film. were hedging their best though. They're like, oh, it's Emma Watson. Yeah, you and know, she's uh, a box office draw. Yep. Yeah. I also think they should have gotten The Rock to play Gaston. Ooh, that would have been good. I think that would have been awesome. I mean, Luke Evans is pretty good, but the The Rock can just like he's really good at just playing that oh, yeah. over the top confident like yes <laughs> yes dickhead yeah he'd be great at it yeah i don't know how he's singing i mean he did sing in moana uh i don't know mm -hmm. what's his name luke evans yeah he's got a pretty good voice yeah and, and i thought that was probably the best part of the movie that musical number yeah um oh yeah gaston oh yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah but yeah. luke evans is also in pinocchio he I plays know. the coachman so which, um, who's the coachman is uh, that the guy who has, captures like, pinocchio I, I, first i think so all right 
Um, takes him to Pleasure Island. I think so. I yeah. think he's the guy that the carriage or the right. he's the coachman. So he's the coach, the coachman. Um, and then you have Cynthia Arrivo, 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 the Blue Fairy. Yeah. Um, which the Blue Fairy wasn't in the animated one that much. Like one but, scene, they were the, yeah. the very first scene. But Cynthia Revo, she was in the Outsider, wasn't she? Yes, she, she was. Yeah, she yeah. Uh, in bad times, that I think at she El was Royale. nominated for an Oscar for Harriet Tubman. Okay, yeah, Harriet, yeah, Harriet. yeah. She played Harriet Tubman. Played her, yeah. I never saw that movie, but um, I'm sure she's gonna be good. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Outsider. I thought she was really. She's good got a great in. voice. So yeah, so I mean, that'll be there. You go. She was in. Have you ever seen Bad Times at the El Royale? Yes. Yeah. Yep. She was in that. That was. Uh, it's a great movie. It's pretty good. I felt like that was a movie that should have came out in like the two thousands, like right next yeah. to Lucky Number Eleven, and yes. like just those ra- smoking aces, like yeah, just yeah. those random, uh, weird container movies or whatever. Right. That take place in a single single setting. Yep. Single setting. Um. But yeah, she's good. So I mean, hopefully, I hope they boost up her role in the movie because if I remember correctly in the animated series, she wasn't the blue fairy. Wasn't like just popped up at the end. I think, and, I don't even know if she popped up at the end and grad, like maybe made she did Pinocchio a real boy or something like that. Yeah, it like, could be, you could, could be right, but I don't um, remember. It's been so long since I've seen it, but hopefully they be, uh, boost up her presence because if it is, I think that's a waste of oh yeah her talent. I agree, but that's Pinocchio. Anything else on that? No, we'll see what happens when it comes out. Cool. Um, Obi Wan. Oh yeah, let's get into that. The uh, so I've lost. All right, I've lost all hope in Disney Plus original series at this point, Jay. So you're gonna be my conduit here. Oh. I I hear like reviews and stuff and chatter on the interwebs and all that good stuff. So uh, all I know is what people are saying. I've never I haven't seen any of this shit. So, uh, what are your first impressions? Uh, <laughs> again i don't know who they're making this for all right um i thought it was it would make sense if i was going to make an obi-wan show um it would be geared towards the older audience of people that enjoyed ewan mcgregor and the prequels but mm-hmm. also the original like alec guinness right um and they wanted to see just kind of that story filled out in the middle also fans of the clone wars you know people that are in their 20s right and older 20s and older yep and i like i like you mcgregor as i liked him i think a lot of people liked you mcgregor as obi-wan and um only two episodes have come out so far i watched both of them i wasn't looking forward to this show but from the trailers that I saw, I was like, well, I don't know who any of these people are that have red lightsabers. I'm not, I didn't watch the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I didn't read any of the expanded universe books. Um, so I was going into it blind and which I enjoy because I want to see if they can make it make sense to people that haven't seen those things. Right. Like I've seen the movies. People like me. Yeah. Seen the movies, haven't seen anything else. Yep. And um, I'm not... I used to be big into Star Wars. I used to like the movies um, back when it was special. And then it's not so special anymore because you have everything under the sun. I think Mandalorian is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has some pretty good episodes in it. Um, I like the structure of that show. Um, 
because it reminds me of just episodic adventures. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that. Uh, I didn't watch Solo. I didn't watch um, The Book of Boba Fett just mm. because Boba Fett, I think, is a nothing character. He was a nothing character in the original trilogy. Oh, you're one of the people who's like, I don't understand why he's yeah, why he, is he a he, thing. He was he, taken <laughs> out by a blind Han Solo. The guy was a bitch. Like he's <laughs> not true. he's not a hard ass. Um, yeah. The most memorable thing up into the movie, or up until the book of Boba Fett, was the holiday special. I think Boba Fett was in that more than he was in the movies. In the movies, um, but <clears throat> so I I didn't understand the the love for that character. I mean, other than the fact that he looked cool, he just looked like a weirdly painted stormtrooper yeah. to me. But um, I have to admit when I got into star Wars, I, all I had was the star Wars, a new hope VHS. I would watch that until it was wore out. Mm-hmm. I never saw empire strikes back or return of the Jedi until probably, uh, I want to say eighth grade going into high school to where I would, Oh yeah. I, I forgot there's other movies to, to round out this trilogy. I might as well just, you know, finish those out. And I, from that, from, from when I was a kid watching star Wars all the time to when I finally saw empire and Jedi, everyone said Boba Fett. Oh, it's such a badass character. Wait to, you know, Boba Fett. He's the guy in the, in the, in the tea, uh, uh, cantina, cantina bar. What's it called? Um, Jesus Christ. Oh, and, uh, Jabba's Hope. palace. No, in a new hope where they're, they're in the, the little bar with all the aliens. Dun, 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 oh, he wasn't in there. I thought he was watching Han Solo. He's in there like, like he's like, it's like a little snippet scene where he's just looking at Solo as he's talking to another. Oh, he eventually shoots. They might have. Is that a special edition? That might be. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, that... anyway, sidetrack. Uh, everyone said Boba Fett's a badass character, which mm-hmm. is and then I, I see Empire. Awesome. Jedi. And he dies like immediately, th- immediately yeah. in Jedi. Like he's yeah. in, he's in like five minutes of these yeah. movies. So I'm with you. I don't yeah. understand either. So I never watched that show. Watching the first two episodes, um, I'll give you my impressions of the first two episodes so far. First thing is I felt like it was cheap. Okay. I felt because I think there's only six episodes, and it's a limited series, so it's not going to be. From my understanding, it's not going to be season after season. It's just going to be six episodes. And that's it. Ewan McGregor's pretty big star. So sure. I can't imagine they could afford him. Um, and I'm sure he has other things he'd like to do. Sure. But uh watched the first two episodes. Uh, it felt really cheap. The I don't know if they went back to green screen, but I would watch The Mandalorian and they do the front projection yeah. for the set. And that looks awesome. Yeah, it does. And... I thought the scenery, the sets and everything in the Mandalorian looked great. And then I watched this and I could see the outline. Uh, So I don't know if they went back to green screen. I don't know if they had, if they were handcuffed for some reason because of COVID hmm. things or what it just, it didn't feel like they put the money into it. Um, And I mean, the effects weren't there. There's a lot of, people like a lot of humans right galaxy full of aliens and i i think i saw the grand inquisitor i think he was an alien and they had a scene to where they put the word out on all the bounty hunters Uh, when they were on this planet and you saw a couple aliens there so tatooine's full of humans 
It's a refuge of humans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was on Tatooine for a little bit, like you saw mainly humans. And then he goes to this other city uh, or this other planet and more humans. And I'm like, huh. okay, so there's no. <laughs> All right. right, whatever. Hmm. Um, and the one alien that they saw that they showed, the Grand Inquisitor, uh, was just a human in makeup. Make Gotcha. Maybe he had some prosthetics on, but it didn't. It just looked like, like pasty white makeup or something like that. Gotcha. Um, but it, yeah. So it looked cheap. It didn't look. I I I brought up. I don't know who they made it for because it seemed very geared towards children. Okay. And I think some people probably have already brought this up. There's a chase scene with which spoilers if whatever i'm young like you see young luke and you see young leia mm -hmm. they bring back jimmy smiths which is great oh cool. yeah so he's back cool. playing bail organa um and they you you see alderaan which is good okay. um and because it gets blown up at the beginning of new hope yeah um but then you see young leia and young leia is typical young leia she's independent she likes to play in the woods and mm -hmm. she doesn't like doing the prissy princess stuff she wants to do her own thing she's supposed to be i think 10 okay in this and but she gets kidnapped uh by flea of the red hot chili peppers and <laughs> um <laughs> the, which he's fine i think he's a okay he's an okay actor like the role that he's playing is a good role for him to play uh, it's just he, a, so is he just a henchman? Yeah, just a scummy kidnapper guy. Oh, okay. um, right. But him and his crew are trying to kidnap Leia, and she's running away at the speed of smell. And I credit to the adult actors; they're trying to make it look really, really difficult to catch her when she's not barely running, running. barely yeah. running. And she, oh, she went under a, a branch, and then the guy ran into the branch and it stunned him uh, gotcha. it's that wasn't directed very well okay um i think they could have done that a little bit better maybe they were limited by the physicality of the kid or just the set or the timing or whatever but it felt like they could have had it to where yeah she can't move fast but put it in a setting to where she can get to places quickly yeah Gotcha. Like either climbing or something or squeezing in tight places, but it was just like out in the open. And mm. it it was embarrassing watching adults try to. Like you said, made for kids. Yeah. So um, she doesn't listen. She, I mean, it's whatever. I mean, it's just how I have more problems with how they wrote the character, not necessarily the actress, the. But I don't know. It's only two episodes and we'll see where the. Sure. Uh, the Sarah arc goes. goes. Um, but I like how I like the direction they took that in because now that's going to give a reason why Leia sends a message out in A New Hope to Obi Wan. That's it gives an explanation of why she knows who Obi Wan is. Okay, and why she trusts an Obi Wan to be able to help her. Um, because up until this point, you have no idea. Like you never. Obi Wan was on Tatooine looking after Luke the entire time. How did Leia know? So this kind of creates a story that okay. gives background on that, which that I'm looking forward to. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Eh, I I just so far it's a letdown. There's four episodes left. Hopefully it'll get better. Um, the 
uh, main villain, I understand, I thought was the Grand Inquisitor. I thought he was going to be the big bad of the episode. Um, nope. He gets killed in the second episode oh. by generic angry person. Moses Ingram is the actor. In- Inquisitor Reva. 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 Um, another human. <laughs> the I'm pretty sure you see her at the beginning of the show. They t- they show younglings mm-hmm. training, and I think you see her as a child. Okay, um, because that's the opening of the show is when Order sixty six is going, and you get co- some kind of cool scenes of the Jedi, Jedi that's training the younglings. Stormtroopers come in, she deflects a blaster, takes care of them, and she's. Uh, trying to help them escape she eventually gets taken down and then the kids are left by themselves and they run away and you just see like this wide shot of all these lightsabers and then they slowly dim out cool kind of cool scene but i think you see her as a kid and then obi-wan makes a comment of oh a lot of inquisitors which inquisitors are just people that hunt jedi right a lot of the a lot of inquisitors were former jedi that were turned to the dark side gotcha so you're assuming that she was probably young as a jedi as well as some of these other inquisitors that you meet and they turn to the dark side. My theory is he's probably going to bring Reva back to the light side mm-hmm. and that maybe instills in his mind, okay, people can come back from the dark side to the light, yep. to the light. And maybe that's why he tells Luke, whatever. Gotcha. So that's what I think her character is going to, I think she's going to be redeemed and that's going to give Obi-Wan a sense of oh people can be redeemed gotcha um that's thinking the darth vader could come back to the light yeah okay which gotcha. i it's been a while since i saw the original trilogy but i don't know if he was like really that hardcore about oh bring back vader from the if i remember right i re- i f- because i know Luke, yoda like- wasn't yoda was all about you need to confront vader yeah and kill him yeah like you need to get rid of him um yeah. But I don't remember that. I don't have that. I didn't have that feeling. I thought that he just trusted Luke. He had so much confidence in Luke being such a force for good. And he was going to triumph no matter what, whether that be he, mm-hmm. he turned Darth Vader back to the light or he just, like you said, straight up and maybe kills him. And something that might the show bring is a different meaning to the title of a new hope. So instead of mm-hmm. just a new hope of bringing balance to the force, maybe it's a new hope of bringing Vader back to okay the light side yeah um and um and that could play on double meanings throughout that whole trilogy is like oh luke is our last hope to bring vader back or Hmm. something like that um but yeah i don't know but uh but no uh her character reva is uh not interesting at all okay um I think if they do want to bring her back from the dark side, they want to go that route. They should have kept the Grand Inquisitor, the main baddie. Mm. So and then you could still have that arc with Reva to, um, because she's just, she's insubordinate. She's not listening to anybody, which is fine. But the Grand Inquisitor is like, oh, don't do that. Like, I feel like he would just straight up murder her. Oh, gotcha. If she was being in support, like, because she goes <laughs> against him like three times within the span of five minutes and fucks it up for everybody. And he's like, stop looking for Obi-Wan. Stop looking for Obi-Wan. She doesn't. And then messes it up. 
or like some kidnapping or whatever. And then he's just, then he gets murdered. But I don't know. He, he was at least interesting because he looked different. He had, yes. Looked like an alien. It was a different character. And now it's like, okay, so we have a bunch of humans in this galaxy of whatever. Wait, if he's, so if he's a grand inquisitor, I think he was probably just the leader of the, the inquisitor tribe or something like that. He might have had more, 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 presence in the force he was more wet one with the force uh, maybe um, maybe maybe someone one of his underlings wouldn't get the jump on him. i assumed it, because they weren't technically sith okay they're just dark force users and i imagined he was the more powerful dark force sure. user user because he was kind of in control over his little group which was inquisitor reva and then um the fifth brother uh sun sung kang which he seen in fast and furious but um is another <laughs> sounds like he was <laughs> the, yep yeah tokyo yeah he plays han and oh uh, okay um the uh but yeah mm, i don't know we'll see where it goes okay. i'm not i'm not impressed so far it's the i don't know what they're doing with leia's character hopefully they give her some kind of an arc because I feel like she's just a 10 year old version of the princess. Now, what I think would have been interesting, and again, we're only two episodes in, what I think would have been interesting is Obi-Wan is pretty resourceful. And it would have been great if Leia was just, because she grew up as a princess, she knows nothing else, to where if she was just prissy, snot-nosed little kid, and didn't have any kind of uh, survival skills or any kind of resourcefulness. She was just very like weighted on hand and foot. Um, and Obi-Wan was the one to teach her those things. Mm. Um, I think that would have been a nice touch because when you see her in A New Hope and she's like, well, someone's got to save our skins and she's helping them out yes. of the deck. Then you could look at that like, she got that from Obi-Wan. Right, exactly. And where Obi-Wan not only trained Anakin, but he also in yeah. essence, trained both of them on the Skywalkers. Yeah. There you go. Um, would have been, would have been great. Again, nice circle. two, two episodes in, maybe he teaches yeah. her patience or something. I, I don't know. Right. Um, but two episodes in we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but the production quality I thought was lacking compared to the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, but the acting, the acting is pretty good. Yeah. Um, pretty good pretty i mean for obi-wan yeah the there's camille nanjani isn't it um he's funny wait which one is he 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 was in uh silicon valley oh okay gotcha um he was also the eternals that nobody saw oh gotcha um (laughs) which one was he uh he was one of the eternals um Mm. not angelina jolie (laughs) yeah (laughs) um well, I, the the criticism I heard of it, which kind of goes on par with what I think a lot of these shows are doing now, there, there, it's the typical bait and switch thing where you you go to watch a show and you think, okay, it's going to be about Obi Wan Kenobi, but it's not really about Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, you know, they, they did the same thing with I've heard Moon Knight and the new Halo series. I've heard is the same thing. Um. And I saw the preview for Willow. That's what's going to happen with Willow. I already know it. Um, so there's that criticism. And again, the fact that, you know, the Grand Inquisitor died right off the bat. I heard people are not 
they just don't understand why they made that choice. I thought he was a unique. He he looked different. He was. I I was eager to learn more about him, mm-hmm. and he gets taken out like a punk. And yeah, I'm like, all right, well, I guess that guy's gone, and right, he's replaced by an angry woman. Yeah, good job. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's the- I I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Um. Yeah. But go ahead. What else with the? I mean, that's mainly it. That, they're 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 people are mad and angry that they're they're utilizing these series as like jumping off boards. They lure lure people in with a a well known name, and the show is not about that well known name. Yeah, it's it's getting tiresome at this point. I just just make a show that focuses on the character and call it that what you want. Yeah, you I don't th- have to brand it. It's oh, it's an Obi Wan Kenobi show. If it's not about Obi Wan Kenobi, then. Just be truthful. Mm-hmm. People won't get so up in arms about it. Yeah. And and I don't know what arc they plan on having with Obi-Wan. I mm-hmm. have a feeling that he's kind of lost touch with the Force. Uh, because at the beginning, you see him in hiding. He buried his lightsabers. He's he's not. He's trying not to acknowledge his past life. He's working as a gotcha. butcher. <clears throat> um, and um, it kind of reminds me of like Last Jedi with Luke hiding and trying to forget about his past life a little bit. And I think it's, um, but it makes sense for Obi-Wan because you see the, mm-hmm. you see the downfall. You, he fought like hell to try and, but, but they lost. But he failed. It yes. was like, and in his mind, it's, Oh, it's Yoda and I. Yeah. And true. that's it. And his only concern is now looking after Luke. Um, and he just kind of turns his back on everything else, which that makes a lot more sense than Luke doing that mm-hmm. because you don't see that progression. It's, hey, you destroyed the Empire. And then then Last Jedi, oh, I'm hiding out on this rock because I had a bad dream. Right. <laughs> fucking movie. I hate that <laughs> fucking movie. Um, anyways, but the... Uh, open up past traumas over here. <laughs> uh, but so... I think he's lost touch with the force and maybe that's because it looks like it was um, there's a scene when Leia falls and he stops her from hitting the ground, but Uh it looks like it's very tough for him to do that. Like he doesn't, he's not as one with the force as what he was. Okay. Um, So his affinity with the force is gone. So maybe that's, it's going to be him getting back in touch with the force could be um because be he's he's gonna have to learn how to be a force ghost which in, yes involves qui-gon Jin and him talking with and all that nonsense That's so true. two episodes in we'll, we'll see where it goes but yep. yeah so far it's i get what you're saying with the bait and switch thing um it doesn't it doesn't feel it feels like leia's the main character hmm. a little bit um okay just because that has for the two episodes that has been the main goal is oh she's kidnapped now we got to get her back gotcha um it does show obi-wan's life a little bit um but and i think maybe that's what people have a problem with like oh this isn't about obi-wan i mean it kind of is about obi-wan but it's just not the obi-wan you saw when you last left him yeah it's he's been in the desert for 10 years gotcha um and uh but yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, I don't have high hopes for it. I didn't have high hopes going into it. So it's kind of disappointing news that the production quality is not very good. Yeah, that and sucks. that's that's probably the biggest disappointment and the biggest shock for me is that because I thought the Mandalorian looks really good. It does. And 
Um, well, that uh, what's it called again? Force projection. Uh, uh, front projection. Front projection. Well, they did a lot of that in the Batman. And oh, did they? Oh yeah, when he's on the the, the skyscraper and mm-hmm. everything. That's all. All that's front projection. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the technology. Oh yeah, There's, it's awesome. It's cool. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Eh. I'm probably not gonna watch him, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I'll I'll let you know how it ends. Right. If uh if Reva comes back to the uh light side uh from the dark side, they could have kept the Grand Inquisitor in there. They could have had that battle. Yeah, it would have been like Emperor Palpatine and yeah. Darth. I mean, maybe it would have been too similar to that. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. Who knows? But they remade the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we can't remake this <laughs> again. <laughs> but it's like poetry it rhymes um it's a haiku wayne (laughs) so garth garth that's a haiku (laughs) (laughs) all right all right well you want to move on yeah yeah let's move on let's do it top five 80s comedies yeah what's your uh i was super excited about making this list there are way too many good i know 80s movies tough 80s comedies period to do this um oh yeah i think i texted you i think two days after we recorded yeah. our last episode because i i think i just googled i was like i, I want a list of mm-hmm. all 80s comedies that were released jesus it was a lot of i was yeah. like god like half of them i didn't i forgot they were in the 80s and then yeah. half of them are like oh gee i forget that it's a funny a lot of them i was like oh man i haven't seen i remember that being really funny but i haven't seen it in so long mm-hmm like since I was a teenager, so does it still hold up? And there's there there were a couple in there. I'm like, that's on the list. I already know it. Yeah. But then I'm gonna watch it anyway just to make sure. Did you want to talk about criteria? Sure, let's do it. And then we'll go into we'll start from the bottom. Bottom up. Bottom up. And these are Five our favorite three. ones, Favorites. not necessarily. Yes. The best. What we think is the well, it's our favorite ones. It's our favorite ones. So if you like a movie that's not on this list. Don't be butt hurt. It'll yeah. be okay. Just calm the fuck down. Yeah. But let us know in the comments how hurt you are. <laughs> yes. How butt you hurt you are at uh a cast with no name.com. Yes. Um but wait, what was that again? A, a cast with no name.com. Oh, a cast with no a name. A cast. Or if you type in cast with no name.com, you it, still get there. It redirects it you. It redirects you. Perfect. Yeah. Wow. So, Technology. Yes. For the win. Boom. Um but yeah, let's talk about our criteria. Do you want to touch on honorable mentions before we get into the yeah, final let's five? Do that because too. I have there's a oh. lot that were what do we got here? 30? I think I have 30 movies. Oh, do you? I only touch on like uh, five though. Yeah, I got about 22. <laughs> um well, I'll start with my criteria. Yes. I I was on the fence. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna do uh comedies that were just good movies with a few chuckles here and there? So it could be classified as a comedy. Mm-hmm. Or it's just a good movie with a lot of action. Uh, story arc was great, but not necessarily laugh out loud funny. So I just went with laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. My criteria was laugh made me laugh out loud a majority of the time. A, could be a little corny. It had to have a story arc, but you know, just a good time to where I could pop it on and I would laugh mm-hmm. no matter what. Okay, so that's it. Just laugh out loud, funny a majority of the time. My criteria was. I didn't know how I wanted to go about it mm-hmm. because I wanted, I knew I wanted the writing to be important yeah, because I, be. I think we can get into a rabbit hole of mm-hmm. any actor. Like you get, you have actors like Chevy chase yeah. who's just funny. 
and he could probably make the phone book funny. It doesn't mean it's well written. It's just it's just, probably a scene of it's just he's a funny book. person. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to make sure the writing was funny. Um and I wanted it to be an actual movie. Um that might sound for example like Caddyshack. A lot of people bring up Caddyshack as one of their favorite 80s comedies. Yeah. Um I rewatched that and it's not a movie. It's a bunch of skits put together based around a country club, which is fine. And yeah, there's a loose story arc of uh, Danny Noonan, and then he he wins a bet golf tournament. It's a side it's, plot. It's a side plot. But the, yeah. the crux of the movie is a bunch of these short little skits, funny scenarios that they put in there, yeah. uh, which is fine. It's still very entertaining, yeah, it's and funny. it's funny. Um, but I, I feel like it was that first. It was a bunch of skits. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if this was in a movie? Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if this was... It wasn't like... I don't feel like it was written as like full stories first. Now let's make it funny kind of a thing or. Yeah. The, the story arc was the afterthought. But yeah. So the, yep. my criteria and I didn't want to, I, I picked different kinds of comedies because I didn't want. I did too. Five goofy, com- like slapstick comedies or yep. um, anything like that. So I tried to make it varied slightly. Um, and I tried not to have the same actor. Same director. Same director. I did the same thing. So I tried to have some kind of variety, but all of these movies, um, for me, one, I enjoy, and a lot of them I I just grew up watching quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but like some of the honorable mentions, um, I mean, but most of them are, I, I try to have technically good movies sure kind of a thing for one reason or another yeah a couple of mine i grew up watching as a kid uh, uh my favorite one i watched as a kid but it was never one of my favorites but rewatching it as adult as i got older mm-hmm. it just gets funnier and funnier yeah it's what it's were like some of your on- honorable men- mentions well like you said i didn't want to go i got to the point where i was like wow i gotta like eddie murphy just made so many good ones I'm like, okay, so I can't pick like, I'm not going to pick three Eddie Murphy movies mm-hmm. or, you know, John Landis was just like on a roll in the eighties making yep. coming to America and trading places and mm-hmm. all these classics. Okay. If I'm going to pick, I'm just going to pick one John Landis one. Okay. Uh, Harold Ramis, like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll, I'll pick one Harold Ramis one, yep. or whatever the case may be. Um, but one that just missed out, uh, because there was a lot of good romantic comedies in, the 80s but this is a great movie it's just not laugh out loud funny mm-hmm. like the the top five are uh is when harry met Sally. yep great movie it missed my top five yeah. too but it's probably my favorite romantic comedy it's a great um great it's a good comedy. adult comedy to where the, the comedy comes from the adult situations because they still apply today oh yeah Universal. and they're, they're not um it's not like something about Mary to where, yeah, that's an adult romantic comedy in a way, but mm-hmm. it's like real goofball kind of yep. stuff. But it's just more of a low key adult situational humor. Yeah, it's one of those movies where like there's something about Mary's a good example to where, you know, the situation where he zips his nuts mm-hmm. in his pants is always going to be laugh out loud funny. Yep. And it will continue to be no matter how many times I see that scene. But when Harry met Sally, like when they have in their conversations like, uh, you know, men and women can't be friends. Mm-hmm. Like the first time you, you watch that, you're like, <laughs> you know, you're laughing. Every guy has probably yeah. told that to a girl in his life at some point. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, those conversations, they still 
applied just it's just one of those things that everyone grows up thinking yes and obviously you get older you or the scene where she's in the the cat's deli and she does the orgasm, that mm-hmm. whole thing. Like the first time you see that, you do laugh. Like, oh god, this is. But after yeah. you see it, it's like, okay, you know, yeah. it, it loses the, the sting a little bit after you've seen it so many times. It does, and, it, and that scene goes on a long time. It does. Like I was, I rewatched that, and I was like, oh, this is where she wraps it up. Oh no, nope, nope. She's she's, she's still, still going. going. Yeah, she's still going. I'll but, have uh, what she's having. Yeah. Great line. The uh, you know that was ad libbed. Really. Yes, that's, that's, nice. Rob, that's Rob Reiner's mom. Oh, oh, that's oh, that's, that's Rob Reiner's mom. Nice. And she said she just loved it. The um, yeah, my favorite, my favorite thing in that movie, <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. It's when they start the road trip at the very beginning of the movie, and Billy Crystal reaches in the back, he grabs a thing of grapes, and he eats the grapes, and then he spits <laughs> it out the window. The window. <laughs> <laughs> it's so the- stupid, but it's like. <laughs> i'll roll down the window (laughs) yeah uh that's good but but it's they do a great job i like the whole setup of it where you know five years later Mm -hmm. and because that's what would actually happen Mm -hmm. especially like in a city of that size it gets the probability of that happening and running into it minimal but in a city that size if they were it would probably be years apart and it was structured well um but yeah, a good movie. But yeah, not typically. Yeah, it's a testament to the writing, though. Nora Ephron's a great writer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah, I agree with the. Um, I like Rainer's direction too, with the like the when they're on the phone with all the, diff- the, the mm-hmm. different people. It looks yeah. like a panel, like a comic book panel. Yep, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and the timing of that scene yeah. and everything else is. I heard it was like sixty six takes to get to nail that. Oh, I I can believe that. Yeah, I I mean I can't because you would have to have. Well, I mean, they were probably right next to each probably. other. Probably, yeah, yeah. So, but a lot of fast talking. Yeah. So, yeah, barely, barely missed my list. What else barely missed your list? Uh I thought I was going to pick an Eddie Murphy movie, Jay. I ended up not. No. Nope. I because, like, for instance, Beverly Hills Cop. It's funny, but it's it's a it's more of a just a good action comedy movie than it is just a comedy. That's why I didn't pick. I, I didn't pick an Eddie Murphy movie either. Um, and the same reason. Beverly Hills Cop is probably my favorite. One of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies. Oh, yeah. And but yeah, I don't think of it as a comedy. I mean, mm-hmm. I think of it as an action comedy. So it's yeah. a subsection subgenre of it, which. Yeah, but I, I feel like at its heart, it's an action movie. Yeah. Um because eddie murphy is in it it was funny oh yeah if they got a different lead actor in it it would have been an action movie it would have been a revenge movie or some kind of thing like that weren't they gonna have somebody else be cast in that movie besides eddie murphy i can't remember who because the the first time i heard the name was like really you were gonna cast that person i I i honestly think uh if that is the case then that's why it became an action comedy yeah because eddie murphy was in it yeah um but but he doesn't play it like a goofball. No. The movie's not played as a comedy. Yeah, there's funny situations in it, like a banana in the tailpipe. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the but yeah, it's an it's an action movie. It's yeah, a, it's a it cop is. thriller. Yeah. Nah, not thriller. But I mean, it's it's an action comedy. It's not. It's an action first. It's yeah. cop drama. Comedy. Yeah. Secondary. Tertiary. And even even the 
the buildup, like the the story itself is kind of generic. Like it ends like a, a mansion shit out and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing like crazy. Like the revelation, oh, they're they're smuggling cocaine and in order to hide the smell that it's it's over coffee beans. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's a showcase for Eddie Murphy's talent. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, another one, uh, Coming to America is very close. Yeah. It's probably my it was between so I, I watched Trading Places with you. It wasn't as funny as I remember it. Mm-hmm. It's still good, but some of the jokes are dated and it's it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. It's it's still good, but it's okay. Um but coming to America is my favorite Eddie Murphy comedy from the eighties. Was very close to. I I would agree with that. Just it. because he does his it's shtick of dressing up as yes. bunch of different characters and everything else, like it's that. a it's, comedy. It's enjoyable. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to put Ghostbusters on there, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Ghostbusters is another one of those. I think that was written as a comedy. Yeah. It's a funny movie. It's a like supposed to be scary comment i don't know it's not really but i really like ghostbusters i I watched it a lot when i was a kid oh yeah but when i think of favorite comedies for some reason i don't think of ghostbusters Mm -hmm. i think of ghostbusters as just a good movie it is a great movie like i don't think of i I mean some of the characters they're not with Ghostbusters, it's weird because it has some comedy in it. You have some comedic characters mm-hmm. like Lewis and some of the comic relief. You have Bill Murray that I think is just charming. Yeah. Um, Doing Bill Murray And things. just being a funny person. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a comedy. It's right. weird. It feels like... I, I don't it know. Make, like they're it, playing it too straight. I've, I don't know. I don't know how to it describe might, it, but if this makes sense, like this, it might make my top five movies from the eighties. Mm-hmm. It might do that. If I had to yeah. make a list, of my top five favorite movies from the eighties, mm-hmm. it might be on there. I think. I think that's a good point. Yeah, because if you were going to separate it, like if you were judging a movie strictly based on being a comedy, mm-hmm. eh, I mean, I think Ghostbusters is better than that. I think it's a better movie than just being a it's, comedy. Not that being a comedy is means it's a lesser movie. No, no. But it has other things going on that oh, yeah. made it good. Um, it's like a near perfect movie. It really is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Oh, Vacation almost made my list. Yeah. Very close. It's because it was the criteria. I didn't want to have two Chevy Chase movies in there. Yeah. It's very close, but... um. God, my favorite line is, is when he gets lost in St. Louis. <laughs> and he stops for directions to get back on the highway. Hey, could you tell me what the interstate is, sir? And he goes, man, fuck your mama. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's so good. It almost made my list for that line alone. It's so good. Oh, love it. The um, <laughs> Some of my honorable mentions was similar kind of aspect to mm. where I didn't pick Beverly Hills Cop because I consider that more of an action movie. Mm-hmm. Action cop. I mean, it's funny because Eddie Murphy's in it, um, but it could have easily gone a different direction. Um, but the two, the two I had problems with as far as, I mean, I had a, I had Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. on my list, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, I was supposed uh, to putting those on too. Money Pit, uh, but like when Harry met Sally. Um, Real genius 
um yeah i really like a lot um, i had to narrow down i had to pick one john hughes movie yeah i, I had to biloxi blues i had on there except that is a, was a neil simon play so i've never I was like, seen that it, it's pretty good it's got matthew broderick and christopher yeah. walken in it and um it's christopher about... walken <laughs> whoa <laughs> whoa i'm funny <laughs> <laughs> the he's really good at that movie mm. he plays a drill sergeant and so it's like a boot camp movie yeah it's a boot camp movie okay um and i got over there if you want so to borrow it. so it's like full metal jacket but lighter yeah it's a lot lighter than a lot full lighter metal. Than yeah <laughs> they they probably came out the same around the same time actually um yeah. but um but yeah so i kind of when I got to the to fill in the bottom two of my top five, I had to pick ones that were more close to my heart, not necessarily the ones that I think are still funny, but I picked them up, put them on there for different reasons. Sure. Um, but one of the ones that didn't make it uh, that I rewatched while I uh, had the Rona was Dragnet. Um, Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd, simply because of the landlady scene. Uh, <laughs> I you haven't so I need to show that to you, yeah. but uh scene in there this landlady's just cussing up a storm because uh dan Aykroyd and uh tom hanks tom hanks tom hanks plays the younger partner kind of loose he's kind of more hippie-ish and uh dan Aykroyd plays like the tight lace joe friday yeah does things by the book and can recite the the uh the code of ethics or co the code book yeah. and everything else what i remember from that movie is i, f I remember dan Aykroyd. it felt like he was in the 1955 mm -hmm. dragnet movie yep and then he was placed in the, the 1980s setting yeah and everyone else is acting like from the 80s around yep him. yeah, yeah. It, he was definitely yeah definitely out of place in that movie which is fine and it worked because everyone played off of that everyone yeah. was just looking at him like you fucking serious right, right you right. had christopher Plummer in there playing a priest you had dabney coleman playing a hugh hefner-esque oh uh, love dabney style, coleman oh he's the man style person um but i rewatched that and is Dabney Coleman your favorite like supporting actor from the 80s? I think so. Yeah, he's awesome. He, he's he's just a staple. Yeah. Um, every time he just pops up into something like Boardwalk Empire or some yeah. other like later movie, I'm just like, oh, yeah, Dabney's great. You glorious man. You glorious man. Um, but another one that that didn't make the top five, but was very, very close was The Great Outdoors. Another oh, Dan Aykroyd movie. And I was close. This time with John Candy. The uh, I love Dan Aykroyd in that role. The yep. very slick yeah um well-spoken <laughs> yeah. person like he, he does two roles he does he can do like like a ray and who's kind of like a slob or like kind of all over the place and then he's very good at like he could be a professional right. businessman like Zelensky from tommy boy yeah um yeah uh that almost made it uh and the man with two brains almost made it which is a steve martin movie in 1983 and it, that is a slapstick, just one of those yep. bonkers <laughs> comedies. It's kind of a spoof off, or not necessarily spoof, a little bit of spoof, like the Frankenstein kind of movie. Yeah. And um, where he plays a brain surgeon, he does brain transplants and shit. Um, Steve Martin was in so many good movies. Yeah. He he was almost on a couple. Actually, never mind. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. The... <laughs> uh, but he was that that movie was very close. It was, mm. it was a movie my dad showed me way back when it looks like an old movie. It came out in 83, but so 80, 82 E.T. came out. Yeah. And Ghostbusters, I think, came out in 84. Man with Two Brains feels like it came out in like 74. Huh? Like it just feels like the old. look of it yeah. looks like an old movie. Is it in a black and white? No. 
Um, no, you're thinking, I think it. Young Frankenstein. Okay. Um, oh, shit. Did that come out in the 80s? 79. Okay, no. good. I already checked. Good. <laughs> I thought about that. I was myself. like, I really like Young yeah, Frankenstein. I, I, I was like, I thought just uh, yeah. it was like Spaceballs and uh, History of the World Part 1 was. Oh, God. But, um, History of the World Part 1. Great. The that um, that was close. But yeah, man with two brains. Yeah. Um, there's there's pretty good Steve Martin. Scenes Wait, when did Life of Brian come out? That was eighties. Was it? I think so. See, I'm missing stuff. That had the whole witch witch scene, didn't yeah. it? No, was that was that was uh, the Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Yeah, that that yeah. was like seventy four. So. They all just merge into I one. Know. I know. Thing, but yeah, the Life of Brian has that the, the scene with the 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 fat ass in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I cried. That's so good. So good. But um, the um, <clears throat> but I'm gonna touch on this a little bit later. But Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It wasn't in my top five. It Great wasn't movie. even. It's a there's funny parts. It's not a comedy. No. Um, and that that was another criteria. If it's a family, like there are some family films mm-hmm. that have humor in them. It's not a comedy. There's some action like the, movies, like the Goonies that have yeah, like the Goonies. Yeah, it's not a comedy. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. It's an action movie. It's got some humor in it. It's not a comedy. Yeah. It's funnier than most, but it's I I, I agree. don't consider it. But yeah. But Honey Shrunk the Kids, there's a line in there. It's at the beginning of the movie, and uh Zelensky's doing some kind of experiment and just made like a loud noise or whatever. And Matt Fuhrer Fuhrer Jesus Fuhrer. Christ. Fuhrer. <laughs> Matt Fuhrer. Max Headroom is the neighbor <laughs> and he opens up the window. He's like, Zelensky, it's Saturday. It slams the window, gets back into bed because they're going on a camping trip. Yeah, yeah. Wife's laying in bed like, you should take it easy, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, God, I want to get some sleep. I got a four-hour drive ahead of us. That's the line. Have you ever needed to get sleep because you had a four-hour drive ahead of you? No, sure not. It killed. I don't know if they said that on purpose, but I have a theory because I think that movie takes place in Chicago. I think people from Chicago and Chicago listeners, I'm sorry, but I don't think you have a firm grasp as far as how long it takes to get somewhere <laughs> or what constitutes a long drive, yeah. um, which is shocking because you could ride the L in Chicago for an hour just to get like it takes exactly. you three hours to go to the grocery store. That's right. It does. Um, no, I've, I've experienced that. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, but yeah, that line cracks me up and I'll, I'll allude that somewhere else. But those were my uh, dragnet. Great outdoors, man with two brains. Um, yep. I mean, when Harry met Sally, uh, Christmas story, Christmas vacation. It though that, and I didn't want to talk about those because it's the more. I feel like we're going to do a Christmas yeah. episode anyway. We're I feel talk like about holiday movies time. could be a thing. Yeah, that could be a thing. Um, um, and also, I thought a movie. I had movies on here that I thought would be on the list, but after we watching them. They were funnier when I was a kid than I find them today. Like what? The Breakfast Club. Okay. Yep. It's more. It's a coming of age movie, and it's it's there's some intense topics in there, like you like child abuse and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And we were talking about like, yeah, it's funnier when you're a kid because you see well teenagers in the movie, but uh, you know they say fuck and you yeah, know, oh look at their, they're running around, they're yeah. skipping out into tension, weed. Yeah, yeah, doing cool stuff. And the same thing can be said about Fast Times. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that, that was one of the funniest movies as a kid, and I've seen it. I saw it like a year ago, and it, it has funny moments, but it's not yeah like laugh out loud funny anymore. Yeah. Not and really. And I think a lot of that just has to do with your your point of view. Mm-hmm. Get it? All, I mean, because we're looking at it as adults, yeah. Because we watched Breakfast Club, yeah, um, yep, on Saturday as well. Yeah. 
we didn't even finish it. It was yeah, because it was like, oh, he's he's talking about child abuse. That's that's fun. <laughs> that's exactly. a, that's a good time for all. Exactly. Oh, uh, we have a couple of kids in here that probably have mental health problems. Yes. Oh, they're talking about raping and impregnating a cheerleader, and yes. so that's that's great. So I mean, obviously, but kids talk that way. Sure. I mean, Jesus, if you recorded what every generation of high school people say, it's it's all horrible. You'd be appalled. Which, but that's one thing that uh john hughes did very well he yeah, was he able did. to capture that voice and oh, be yeah. aware of it when he did his writing yeah, but, yeah. Great writer. but like you said it's it's not a comedy it's no um it's more of a more of a drama when you're an adult it and is, you're looking it at is it is a drama for sure especially um, fast times you know teenage pregnancy and it's not very <laughs> yeah that movie takes a fucking turn and it's like i what can't the hell is i can't going listen on? to that song um Oh, by the car. Is it the cars? Something. She must be somebody's baby. Every time that's on the radio, I change it because I always think of the dugout scene and I'm like, oh, some chick's getting pregnant and is going to have to go get an abortion. So I was like, I like. mm. No, thank you. Yeah, it's not. Uh, but yeah, that that movie ruined that song for me. Uh, I just just can't listen to (laughs) it I thought you were going to talk about the the song when Phoebe Cates comes out of the pool. It's like. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Uh, judge reinhold yeah that is a great scene though that is pretty funny Mm. oh my god (laughs) all right number five for you you want to go into it yeah let's get get, get into it sorry let's throw it in there all right probably my favorite sports comedy of all time major league that's number five um if you don't if you've never seen it david s ward uh directed and wrote it he uh he wrote the sting i don't know if you ever saw that with Robert Redford. Yep. Um, he uh, actually co-wrote Sleepless in Seattle. And he directed Down Periscope, which is one of my favorite spoof comedies because I used to be on a sub and that one's pretty good. Um, but I mean, what's not to like about Major League? Um, it's about the Cleveland Indians and how, sorry, excuse me, the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> oh, they changed the name. <laughs> they changed the name. Is that really going to stick? Like, Oh, it's stuck. It's there now. There's no, there's no, they're no longer the Cleveland Indians. So if you're watching this, you know, post Sports, 2000, you can tell I'm a huge baseball fan. Post 2022, <laughs> and you're watching this, you know, after you're going to be confused. Who are the Cleveland Indians? You're going to think it's a made up like baseball franchise, but they they actually existed. Uh, they're known for being just pathetic losers, more so than the Cubs. So it's a story about uh, the owner doesn't want to live in Cleveland anymore, so she finds a clause with the city that if attendance is below like 600,000 for the year, you're allowed to relocate. And she mm-hmm. wants to relocate to Miami. So she just hires the, what she thinks is a downtrodden manager. And she gives them a list of no name players. And this is what you have to work with. You get, you know, you get Willie Mays Hayes and Ricky Vaughn, Jake Taylor, Pedro Serrano, Harry, you know, Roger Dorn, you get all these mm-hmm. cast of, cast of kooky characters and just full of, fantastic one-liners and uh i mean james gammon the guy who plays lou brown the manager is the best part of that movie to me i'm tired of this nickel and dime stuff (laughs) i'm too old to go running in the lockers (laughs) (laughs) my favorite my favorite uh part of that of him the favorite line i think is when they're calling up he's like hey lou it's Charlie whatever from uh, the Cleveland Indians. How'd you like to manage the club? Oh, I don't know. Hey, Charlie, let me call you back. I got another guy in the line about some white walls. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> 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 uh, 
it's just great, man. And then uh, you got uh, Bob Euchre, who plays Harry Doyle, yep. the announcer. And Bob Euchre is the actual play-by-play announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers. So he jumps in here, and he's the play-by-play guy for the Indians. Just a bit outside. <laughs> just a bit outside. Ball four, ball eight, ball 12. <laughs> Um, the best one he has there is uh, uh, box score uh, athletics six Indians zero hits one one that's all we got one goddamn hit <laughs> he's like you can't say goddamn one. He's like, don't worry about it no one's listening anyway <laughs> uh, and then Charlie Sheen's just great in it you know he's he plays Ricky Vaughn who uh, they got from the California Penal League Mm. yeah you know he's um his best scene is when he's in the the fancy restaurant and he's got like sleep sleepless denim on with a tie and he's like look like a banker in this <laughs> yeah the major league is uh the, it's so good, good sports comedies that came like what was it slap shot i'm trying to think of like the longest yard i mean you yeah. got the i mean longest yard was more i mean that was a prison league not professional but um but just the taking the sports movies, putting the comedic twist in there. Yeah. Um, the only thing that drags about it is the love story between uh, Tom Berenger and Rene Russo. But I love Rene Russo, so I really don't mm-hmm. care. And you kind of needed something to, um, because Tom Berenger is like a downtrodden catcher. He's getting his last chance. You need him to like have something to aim to towards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because to prove that I'm not worth this piece of shit. Yeah. So there's something to my life other than baseball. Exactly. And that's how I can, ins- because I have that, I can inspire the troops to perform, outperform themselves. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the leader of the club. Yeah. So that's why they put it in there. But um, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's just so good. And to this day, those jokes don't age. Yeah. It's, um, if you've ever played sports, just what they say, especially the managers and the coaches, you know, who's this fucking guy? Like, it's yeah. so spot on to things you hear in the locker room. I yep. just love it. And the the superstitions that people do. Because, I mean, even superstitions and no matter what age group you're in, there's always, like, whether it be Little League or high school, you have people that are superstitious about something or whatever, and they play on that. Um, Yeah. And with Harry Doyle, he's obviously, he wouldn't say it in real life, his commentary, but it's what you're thinking if your team was that shitty. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what you would want the play-by-play guy to say. So it's it's kind of like a, a fantasy come true which is mm-hmm. which they do really well and then all the all the commentary of the fans like at be, the beginning of the movie oh, yeah. and then during the games yeah it's like <laughs> oh these guys don't <laughs> these guys are shitty yeah. these guys aren't too fucking bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the the best one is when uh uh i can't remember i think it's serrano or sorry the yankees they're getting crushed this guy hits hits a homer and the fans are like oh that's too high it's too high. Oh, it's gone. He's like, and the guy's like, what does it mean? What does that mean? It's too fucking high. <laughs> well, it's just, just, it's, it's just high. It's high. What does it mean? It isn't, it's fucking gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. The, uh, one of the few Wesley Snipes comedic mm. roles. Um, he's great. Yeah. He's good in this. Um, I like, uh, Oh God. The chemistry is great with all the actors, though. Corbin Burnson. Oh, yeah. My my is favorite. Dorn? One of my favorite bits in that movie is that he's so adamant about not diving for grounders because he wants to protect his face. Yes. Afterwards, he's going to I'm going to be on TV. I'm a good looking man. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to do what 
I have a life after baseball. Yeah. And they're actually a part of a commercial. And he's the worst line deliverer in the entire <laughs> fucking team. And he just can't. He's like so wooden and yeah, cannot yeah. be in front of a camera. Yeah. Um, But I, I just like little things like that in that movie that just. Yeah. Or when he brings the contract up to Lou and he's like, my, my contract says I, I, if I don't want to do any uh any any plays that like would uh, physically disable me or whatever, like, it would hurt me. I don't need to do that. And then mm-hmm. Lou takes it crumples it up puts it on there and he unzips his pants and he like looks right at roger dorn as he's peeing on it <laughs> looks back down so good but yeah that's my number five major league nice i like it yeah it is a good movie i like bob Uecker is so good in that. oh he is he's steals the show man. i like it when they get the real people yeah that do that and yeah i always thought that he was wasn't real mm-hmm. i thought he was just an actor playing a bit in a movie and then I only found out later, like, oh, my God, he's an actual play-by-play guy mm-hmm. for the brewery. I had no idea. I just thought he was the character like, in the movie. I thought it was Bob Barker's brother for the longest time. Exactly. Um, exactly. But my uh, my number five is Funny Farm. Oh, man, I haven't seen that in so long. And it's not. I, I, put, I put it on there. It's one of those movies I watched a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um. Every once in a while, I'll watch it, and it's it's not goofy, but I mean that was that was the Chevy Chase movie that I wanted to pick. That's that's probably my favorite Chevy Chase movie. Okay, um, he does he has some of his Chevy Chase sticks that he does, like of the um the Buster Keaton like physical comedy that he sure, does. Sure, um, but his back and forth you get him in his dark side because he like kind of goes into depression a little bit and i mean so he has some range in there um but it's he does a good job playing that character of having this dream is like oh life is going to be so much better now and then it all just kind of turns to shit but funny farm came out in 88 um it's about a, a couple they uh the sports writer, he quits his job at whatever New York newspaper and they buy a house out in the country. Um, but their new hometown turns out to be just a little bit different. Like everything just goes to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was up between this and Money Pit and Ooh. The Great Outdoors. Okay. It's like all three of them because they're all fairly similar mm-hmm. um, to where you have characters that have just this idea of idea of something that's going to happen and it doesn't yeah but there's a um it was directed by george roy hill um who also directed sting right uh yep yeah did sting and he also did butch cassidy and the sundance kid that's right he's one of those guys that doesn't have a distinct style but because of that he's able to do a bunch of different kinds of movies um so and i enjoy it because he lets the actors do what they want to do to make it funny. The script is good. I mean, it's, it's good writing. Um, is this the one with the Rocky mountain oyster scene? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't Sheet seen balls. it so long. <laughs> I <haven't laughs> them way up high. I haven't seen um, it so long. The, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, uh, the way the, the town people interact in such a small town, like you yeah. kind of, there's some true to life things there, but, um, for me, it's just, one, it's entertaining, but I mean, there's just, it's not over the top slapsticky. Um, it's just one of those 
half absurd, just everything can go wrong kind of a comedy. Gotcha. Um, and but there's there's an arc to it. There's character growth for both him and his wife. Um, Who plays his wife? Uh, is it like a well known uh, Madeline Smith Osborne. Huh. Um, she's been in a couple episodes of Cheers or whatever. But like, shoots, this is the only thing I really remember okay. seeing her in. Um, but uh, I mean, you have like just going through the list. I mean, there's only there's not that many. Alice Drummond. She played the librarian in uh, Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, but there's not a lot of uh, like huge name people in not this. Not a lot I of mean, star power. Yeah, it's Chevy Chase. Um, it's a Chevy Chase vehicle. Yeah, yeah Mike Starr. Uh, he was the uh, the guy in Dumb and Dumber, the guy with the rat poison. Oh, um, okay. He always plays the Italian guy. He's the victim of the the most annoying sound in the world. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But um. But yeah, Funny Farm. Just because, I mean, it's a. It sounds like I'm shitting up, but it's nothing. It's just a good, solid comedy. It's I a think. familiar favorite. For yeah, you. it is. Yeah, um, it's comfort food. Yeah, that that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And, uh, but there's just moments in there that are just funny that you don't see, what like he get, <laughs> they get a dog, um, and they bring him home. They're like, oh, he can run out in the country, and they they get a dog and they let him go. They're like, ah, look at him run, and he just <laughs> keeps running. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's like, it's just one of those things it, like they got the dog to make themselves feel better because they're having a shit time they're like you know what let's get a dog yeah and they get the dog it runs off in the distance and they're like i'll come back <laughs> come back and then it just the, the sound is just them you just the camera's just on them they're just standing there yeah and their face just slowly turns to like crap and He's then as you back. hear the barks further 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 away um but then like 45 minutes later like i think it's like three seasons have passed he's like chopping wood out by the lake and all of a sudden you hear a dog barking you're like hey hey like the dog again (laughs) just keeps running (laughs) this is the last you ever see of it it's just stupid shit like that that's in there um but it reminds me of um the great outdoors and the money pit because you have instances in there of um wildlife attacking them just things just going wrong yep. with their house yep. um or with their expectations but yep. funny farm uh probably my fa- one of my favorite chevy chase movies well, that's high praise because chevy chase came out of the shit ton yeah. of movies in the 80s yeah it was oh, god fletch too and that was another i mean, fletch is good i haven't seen that in a long time but it is good but spies like us that's another underrated mm-hmm. one that i like yeah <clears throat> okay good pick what's your number four uh the money pit Money Pit? Number four. Yep. It's uh, one I grew up watching all the time. Uh, it, this was tough because Tom Hanks just went on a roll. I mean, he's come out with some of my favorite comedies in the 80s. I, it was between this, so I was debating between this, Big, and The Burbs. All, all came, out, came out with consecutive years. I know, and they're they're just so good. I like Turner and Hooch, too. Mm-hmm. That came out in the 80s. I like Bachelor Party. That's good. Um, But it was between... Big and the burbs in this. Like, which one do I? Which one am I going to pick? The burbs is funny, but it's not really. uh, I wouldn't classify it as a as a comedy. It's like a suspense, suburban mystery, weird mystery movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then big is funny, but it's like another coming of age movie. Uh, it gets kind of sad at the end. Mm -hmm. Bittersweet, I would say. Um, again, great movie, but 
the money pit is just funny like throughout yeah just it has the funniest scene ever put on film hands down to me what's that it's when the bathtub falls through the floor oh yeah and tom hanks just loses it <laughs> it's so good it, it'll never go I, I will laugh i youtube it like if i'm having a bad day i'll youtube that clip just mm-hmm. to make myself giggle because it's so good so good and then as i get older the movie just gets better because i i've bought a couple houses i know the process i know mm-hmm. i understand the just the angst and the anger that you get if something doesn't go right yep. or something dealing with contractors contract, two weeks exactly two for, weeks <laughs> two weeks two weeks um you know and shelly long is underrated as an actress mm-hmm. she's like awesome yeah oh she's a great comedic comedic actress i, w- I would say she's probably the the queen of 80s comedies. Mm-hmm. She was, I, I like Outrageous Fortune. Outrageous Fortune is one of the, I watched that so many times oh, when yeah. I was five. I think I was five. It was, it was, it was just on repeat. Oh, yeah. Like her and Bette Midler in that movie. Oh, it's yeah. So good. Yeah. Or uh, True Beverly Hills. Um, obviously, Cheers. She was great mm-hmm. in that. Um, I don't know. I just like, uh, it's, it's good. There's not really many quotable lines, but it's more of a situational comedy. And Tom Hanks, and Shelly Long, for that matter, they're just outrageous situations that they're put in, and it's like, okay, act funny. They're, Chris, uh, Christy, and I rewatched this in my Rona uh, <laughs> seclusion, and what it brought up a reminder. I like this aspect in movies. Is I like it when it's it's not. I don't know if it's it's not a trope, but it's just something I enjoy when I see it in a movie, and it's instances where a character more likely it's a side character that that'll do this but they come through for the main character yeah so you don't think it will or they will um i'm trying to think of another example like this is a this isn't one but like deliverance when they reach the bottom of the like at the end of the river and they see their equipment there like you Throughout that shit time, you would think, oh, yeah, their stuff's not going to be there. It's going to be Jack. Yeah. Nope, they dropped it off. But more so of like, um, usually it's in uh, kind of action movies or action-y movies where characters running, he's like doing all this stuff. And then he like, he sees the kid he talked to like back at the beginning of the movie, like, oh, I always wanted this hat and blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, and like throws it at him. And then he just keeps doing this thing because he yeah. remembered. Like, I like instances like that. But <clears throat> the Money Pit has that because there's an instance of like, you feel like these people are just constantly giving this couple the runaround. Yes. And yeah. like, these are not good people. Oh my God, they're getting screwed so hard. Like the bad <laughs> yeah. luck on these. No, it's just, it, it, it ends up, ends up working out in the end. I yeah. love it. I love situations like that. And I like it when characters come through like that, when you don't think they will. And then yeah. at the end, you're like, the guy's walking through. He's like, yeah, there's some times I didn't think we were going to make it, but, uh, turned out really well yeah it turned out pretty good yeah yeah and um i i just like instances like little things like that in movies um but yeah uh money pit is definitely a good one. Oh, i love it the i've um christy has seen it more than me i saw it a couple <clears> times <throat> when i was younger so it's not one of those like evergreen mainstays that i always went back to um i've seen it more times since we've been together mm-hmm. than before. I had, but then before, um, but it is. Yeah, I used to watch it, it all the good. time as, as a kid, and it's just gotten better. I, I love it. I, I, I rewatching it. I just want to crank that. Uh, I've, I've got to be me. 
a wonderful me oh, in my yeah, car yeah. and just drive away. I just want to like <laughs> yeah. say something to like yeah. somebody like, ah, fuck off. Hey, <laughs> I've got to be me. Wonderful me. <laughs> just blown yeah. in his face. He's like, did the Tom Hanks thing. Oh man. That's great. Uh, good. Uh, side note here, David, uh, Geiler, the guy who wrote that, mm-hmm. he wrote, uh, alien three. Weird, huh? That is weird. How did that happen? Uh, directed by Richard Benjamin. Yes. Uh, which, uh, listeners, if you haven't uh, seen Richard Benjamin in a little movie called Diary of a Madhouse Wife, you should watch it. Diarrhea? Diary. Oh. <laughs> Diary of a Madhousewife. Uh, um, I thought you said diarrhea. That would have been an interesting movie. Yeah, di- When I was younger, <laughs> that's what I thought it was. Diarrhea of a Madhousewife. Um, but, um, yeah, Richard Benjamin stars in that. He didn't direct, Richard Benjamin directed like a bunch of weird, like he did a lot of weird, like I think yeah. this was his only comedy that he directed. Yeah. But he's a very funny person mm. as an actor. Um, he was in Catch 22, the original. Um, but Diary of a Mad Housewife, you can find it on YouTube. I think that's the only place you can watch it. Huh. But it's like the 70s weird um it's supposed to be a dark comedy but the storyline of that is the wife has an affair or something but there's scenes in there he plays a he plays the main character's husband and he's just like this pig of a person like the worst fucking person you can think of and he doesn't do anything he's not like a a monster or anything he's just a dickhead and to where he's sick he has like ringing this little bell he's like um teen can you get me uh, some lemonade crushed ice not cubed and like he just a shit person to live with but um but yeah it, it's a dark comedy it's my father loves it he quotes it all the time that's really? the only reason why i brought it up but that's that's who i think of when i see richard benjamin is i think of you think of that you think of diarrhea of a mad diarrhea <laughs> diarrhea of a mad housewife um nice but but yeah um but yeah he wrote alien three david guyler david david guyler <clears throat> yes richard benjamin did not i know direct richard alien ben- three. yeah he did yes. not um he did not but what's number four jay number four for me this is one again i watched on repeat when i was younger this kind of goes against my own rule because it's it's kind of a fish out of it's a fish out of water movie um but I consider a comedy just because it's situational comedy because he's fish out of water is mm-hmm. Cro- Crocodile Dundee. <clears throat> oh, there we go. And this was the first movie, one of the first movies that I, I would, I rewatched all the time when I was younger. Loved it. Didn't understand any of the jokes, but it was very entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. As I watched it, as I grew up, there would be instances like little things to where he's, in the wilderness with Sue when she comes to visit in the beginning and he's taking her around his trek where he got attacked by the alligator. He's shaving with a Bic razor and he notices her coming. He like puts that away and takes out his big fucking knife and act like he's shaving with his knife just yeah. to butch up in front of her sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so there's tiny stuff like that to where I would immediately pause it. I'd run upstairs like, Oh, did you know this happened in the movie? No, it was that that's why it was funny is because, my parents just look at me like I was an idiot. Um, 
like yeah that, that's that's why it's funny and that's why we laughed at that scene. yeah yeah but, what, who are we raising here yeah. this guy's really <laughs> this kid is quick what is this guy idiot <laughs> jesus how old is he 27 <laughs> when is he moving out yeah yeah get him out of here um, uh he's he's walking to the mailbox once a day this kid yeah but um and it's it uh but it, i don't know felt like two feels like two different movies you had some comedy in australia then him going to new york and yeah and all that um i haven't seen that in so long the so long time i was thinking about it and i want to say i feel like that was one of the last dirty new york movies and I thought about this when I watched When Harry Met Sally. Mm. New York is very clean in that movie. Yeah. It's very clean and you've got mail. It's very clean in Nora Ephron movies. But yes, it is. especially in the 90s, New York was very presented very clean. It didn't oh, yeah. have that grimy 70s look to it. Sure. To where... Like not the taxi driver look. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, but Crocodile Dundee had that, still had that grime in there. Mm. Um I felt uh, whenever I watched that because it still felt like that 70s era, era New York a little bit, um, at least in the night scenes. But um, wasn't Paul Hogan nominated for an Oscar for writing? Yeah. Yeah, I think he I think he probably was. I think he was. If I remember right. I remember him being at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Presenter. Presenting I mean, that, that, yeah. that definitely put him on the map. I mean, yeah. um, and I don't remember him. What was it? Lightning Jack or something. Was he in that? It like he, he was right. in a couple other movies, but I watched that. I watched Crocodile Dundee Part Two, which yeah. I love. That uh, I saw the third one once, and I wanted to kill myself. Which one is that? The one in Los Angeles? Yeah, I never um, saw that. The yeah, it's not. It's not. Not, not worth it. Um, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> they made a sequel to Crocodile Dundee Two. <laughs> 20 years later yeah. it's not it's not it's not out of this yeah. park home run crocodile d part two is like it, it is pushing the line of believability because he was taking on i think colombian drug lords oh was he as one does in the 80s yes everyone and, did <laughs> um but uh but yeah no crocodile dundee it's i enjoyed movie. it it's fun it's good it's a good pick. That was that was the last of the ones that I picked because I felt that nostalgia, nostalgia for it bit you and bit it, you hard. It was, I mean, it, it was that. There's, I mean, when I was that age, it was that movie, Flight of the Navigator, Cloak and Dagger, Goonies, yeah. Karate Kid, Back to the Future was that yeah. was my whole life. Yeah, so. that was my life. So out of all those, Crocodile Dundee, Paul I think Hogan is a raised legit me. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Hogan was my my second dad. He was much pick, older dad. Much yeah, much more handsome dad. <laughs> What's your number three? Uh, so uh, this is a subgenre that I had a hard time picking. Uh, you know, the Naked Gun, Airplane. This is Spinal Tap. You know, the the spoof movies mm -hmm. where they make fun of sub subgenres. But my all-time favorite uh, is Spaceballs. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's not even close. Uh, you know, it's a movie I grew up on, and I love Mel Brooks. I think he's just... Uh, he might be the... I don't want to say the best, but he's one of my favorite comedic writers, for sure. He's just a great writer. Mm -hmm. I love the producers. I love Young Frankenstein, History of the World Part 1. I mean, he's just... Yeah, he's spot on. Uh, but... As far as making fun of Star Wars, it's like perfect. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, uh, Dark Helmet is, mm -hmm. I mean, so funny. 
he just steals the show. I love Lone Star, Barf. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's so well thought out. It's, it's, uh, the jokes just hit still to this mm-hmm. day. There's a different level with Mel Brooks movies yeah. to where you have, you have the surface level, but he's, he, he'll make a commentary or he'll, he'll comment on something without smashing your face into it to where if you're yeah. aware of something and you see it, Yes. You get the joke. Yeah. If you're not too sure what he's talking about, it's still funny, but on a different level yep. kind of a thing. Yeah. He's a, he's a master at sexual innuendo. Mm-hmm. Just subtext. and Oh yeah. my God. I mean, Mike Myers can't hold a candle to mm-hmm. Mel Brooks's, you know, sexual subtext. It's, uh, I mean, and it gets you off right in the bat, right off the bat. Like the opening shot is of the, thinking about it right now, it makes me laugh. It's just the shot of the ship. And it's like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It just keeps going. It holds that note. I'm just sitting there cracking up. Nothing. It's just like, ah, perfect. It's so perfect. Oh, I love it. And then, uh, God, I mean, how many, how many one-liners are there? Not enough to count. Yeah, there's... Lone Star, I see you have your ring and your swords is as big, big as, as mine. mine. Let's see how you can handle it. <laughs> Something you should know. I am your father's cousin's roommate. <laughs> What's that make us? Absolutely nothing. Um, uh, well, my favorite line, though, is So Lone Star, you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my favorite line from that movie. The um, so good. The my personally my favorite is probably uh, Young Frankenstein. Y- yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of meta humor in Spaceballs or like fourth wall breaking, I should say. Yeah. That I'm not particularly a fan of. Um, like, but some of his shit had like that's just a thing that he does. Like Blazing Saddles, they yeah, crush yeah. through the movie set and they yeah, go sure. out. But um. And, but yeah, Young Frankenstein would probably be my personal favorite from Mel Brooks. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, 79. But Spaceballs, that's one of those ones. I've seen it a couple of times. It was mainly in school okay. because we would watch it. It would be like something that the teacher would put on. Yeah. Um, And I think that was the first time I watched it. It was probably in high school or middle school or something like that. But um, yeah, but no, I mean, it's good. I think they're... The quality of Spaceballs spoofing Star Wars is a lot higher, I think, than scary movie spoofing. Oh, for sure. Scream. For sure. Um, it's not that the Waynes aren't funny, but I think it was just a different. It's a different level. Yeah. When Mel Brooks did something. Yeah. Um, well, and Spaceballs is PG. So. He didn't get the cheap laps by, yeah. you know, throwing dildos and throwing F bombs out. Constrained there. yourself he with lack of, yes. yeah. He, and, he did it with subtext with his jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, it took a shit on Star Wars really well. Like, like a new hope. It, there's a planet sized weapon that blows up planets. Mm-hmm. It took a shit on that by having a giant maid with a vacuum, yeah, vacuum cleaner, cleaner that sucked out the, the air. I mean, come on. It's the, it could hypothetically happen in the same at universe. the same statistics in the same universe. 
that was like a, a nice touch. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Something as ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, cool. Spaceballs, man. Spaceballs. What's your number three? Number three for me uh, is the only John Hughes Ooh. movie I have on my list, and me personally, I think it's. I I don't know. I I think it's his best movie. I think it's his funniest movie. It's playing trains and automobiles. You bastard. That's my number two. <laughs> that's your number two? Yeah. Well, good. We can talk about it. We can about talk it. about it together. So that's my number three. Um, <clears throat> I love straight man goofball comedy. So mm-hmm. you got the uptight person and then you got uh, yep. the comedic effect. Um, and Steve Martin played that character so well. He's a very believable prick. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. or uptight person. Um, uptight's a better word. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think he's a prick because yeah, he's not, he's a he's, family guy. That was unfair. Yeah. yeah. He was just more annoyed. Yes. And everything, everything was else. an inconvenience to him. Yep. Yes. Um, but, uh, it's funny, but it's also has a John, John Hughes. It's got emotional beats. Yeah. Um, and writing wise, I mean, there's I'm sure with John Candy and Steve Martin, there were some ad libs in there, but the the humor in there, I a lot of it, I feel like was written and I because John Hughes can write comedy oh, for sure. And yeah, I didn't again on my list. I didn't want to pick something that it was the actors bringing the comedy to the role, mm-hmm. not the writer or the 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 main purpose for the picture, uh, the movie. Um, but it's probably my favorite probably my favorite John Candy movie. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and because he 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 plays a lovable oh, both very well in that movie. He's one of the most lovable guys ever. Yeah. yeah. And you can't hate him. Um Yeah, but, that and Uncle Buck, I mean, mm-hmm. those are two, probably my two favorite ones, but Uncle Buck is not as funny as Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Yeah. The but yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. The and, oh, and I brought up the Honey I Shrunk the Kids. People from Chicago mm-hmm. don't understand. If you rewatch planes, trains, and automobiles, there are times they are a hundred and five miles away from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And there's still half the movie to go. <laughs> I know. Granted, it was before cell phones. I would have found a payphone. I would have called my wife, packed the kids up in the car, come and pick me up. Right there, you go. I'm an hour and a half away. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how St. far a hundred <laughs> miles is in the Midwest. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like if if you're if you've lived in New York or a, a major city your entire life. Um, but then you wouldn't have a movie, Jay. Oh, I know, I I know. <laughs> but some of the scenes and the signs and stuff, I I watch that and I'm like, that's, yeah. I was like, why are we still having a whole day left of the yeah. journey? I was like, just. Just drive home. But then you wouldn't have the burn up car scene. And- yeah. And, and no, and I, and I get why they put it in there, but it just cracks me up. That's why I said that I don't think people from Chicago or larger cities know how far it takes, how long it takes to drive somewhere in the Midwest yeah. because you can judge distance by time and vice versa to where, oh, it's 100 miles away. It's 100 minutes away. Yep. On yep. average. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was. Blue moon of Kentucky. <laughs> oh, shining. What do you have to say about playing strains? I just think it's. Uh, uh, yeah, like you said, it's my favorite. It's like a buddy movie. It's like a, you know, it's a road trip movie for sure. Obviously. 
but start of a friendship movie. Yes, it's a good friendship movie. Uh, every, I mean, when it when it when it aims to be funny, it's funny mm-hmm. every time. There's not a joke that doesn't hit in that movie, or it could be even subtle things like uh, where uh, they're stuck at the airport and Dell is like, "Oh, I, while you were in line, blah blah blah, I was on the phone with whatever, and I got a room or whatever." And you know, Steve Martin's like thinking about it, and he's like, "I don't know." And he looks down, and he sees a guy like you know. Curled snuggle, up. Curled and snuggling his coat and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those little things right there. So great. And then uh, but it's got the the best rant in movie history mm-hmm. by far. I want like, a fucking Dotson. Exactly. A fucking Toyota. It's like, Four fucking wheels and a seat. <laughs> <laughs> like when you watch that movie, you're like, why is this rated R? I don't understand. Yeah. And then it's just that one scene, but yeah. it 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 earns it mm-hmm. so well. Oh yeah. So well. It's so funny to this. I mean. Yeah, another thing you can just YouTube and just laugh at. Mm-hmm. He plays it so well. The oh, you can start by wiping that fucking dumbass <laughs> smile of those rosy, rosy fucking cheeks. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, the whole movie he's like reserved and yeah. he's you know doesn't really show that much emotion except for the one scene where he's in the you know, chatty cat. Ah, ah, yeah, ah, he gets he gets mad at Dell. Or whatever. For days I can sit in seminars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It ends great. You know, it's a heartwarming ending that I really like. Yeah. I mean, it's just a timeless movie. And I like how they, they both have arcs. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um and I mean they're obvious arcs. He learns to loosen up a little bit and yep. um enjoy like kind of opens his eyes. Like he'll have there's a couple of scenes in there when they're just sitting at a diner and they're just talking about their home life and yep. he just says small things like <clears throat> I'm uh, home in years. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I've been spending way too much time away from home. Yeah. He's like, I haven't been home in years. It's like, seriously? And he's like, no, nah, I figure. But yeah, you could tell. I mean, he's telling the truth. But uh the realization of Steve Martin's character realizing that his life is run by work mm-hmm. and this whole situation is set up because he was working. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's not like, Oh, I'm gonna quit my job. It's not one of those. Uh, things but he realizes that he's missing things in his family because of that right um which i think speaks to anybody who has a family and a job um the i mean at some point that balances off the uh but i wonder how much of john hughes i feel like john hughes's own experiences were in that movie uh same thing with um like mr mom Mm -hmm. the because john hughes used to be an advertising executive that's what he did before he started writing movies. Yep. And, um, but which that's a, that's a, that's a good scene too. Oh, that's a great scene. At the very beginning, he's like, I gotta go. I gotta <laughs> go. And the guy, the old guy's just kind of like looking at these fucking posters for forever and then never makes a decision. Yeah. He's like, uh, we'll reconvene after the break. <laughs> and it's a, it's a quick movie. It's um, very quick. The, but I, yeah, my favorite John Hughes one. I mean, I it think is. it is. It's, I because I, I, I was debating on what what do I put on here. I mean, it's either Ferris Bueller's Day Off or this, and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I had to put. It just it hits everything. Yeah, it's so good. It might make my top five '80s movies. Yeah, it could. I and and I could see that. I think the Fer, Ferris Bueller's is a little too goofy. Yeah. Um, a little too unrealistic at times. Yeah. Like really, he's just gonna walk up in a parade and sing the Beatles. Yep. That's and they're all gonna yeah. gonna go to a baseball game and the museum and all yeah. these things and yeah no you're not no you're not calm down the uh 
Yeah. Again, people in Chicago don't know how long it takes no, they to don't. do something. <laughs> they sure don't. <laughs> Sorry, Chicago. We love you. Yeah. Um <laughs> the uh Yeah, without with without Chicago, there wouldn't have been no John Hughes. So that's true. So good. All of his movies are set in Chicago. Yep. Um yeah, I mean the act I think everything about it's just a good song. I mean, it's it's hilarious, but the oh, acting man. in it, it's they're they don't go too far with the comedy to where the emotional beats don't hit. That's right. And, and I like how they can real, like kind of reel that in two great actors. My yeah. God. Yeah. They're really good. That's, uh, that's, that, that's probably, Oh, it's Chad. Baby. Come out sideways. She didn't scream <laughs> or nothing. <laughs> oh, really? No, we got it. We, yeah, we got, got it. It's real trooper. <laughs> What's the thermometer say on that? One. <laughs> I've never uh, seen a guy get picked up by his testicles before. before. <laughs> you have any idea how awful I'd feel if I hit you? You have any idea how much better it would have been if you had? <laughs> you know what I wish? An extra set of balls and an extra set of fingers and another couple of balls? Uh, uh, well, what's your number two? My number two. Wait, did you do your number three? Uh, yeah, mine was Spaceballs. Oh. You said your number three. I wasn't paying attention. Well, my number three, yeah, was Planes, Trains, and All, but that's your number that two. That was my number two. Awesome. Yes. My number two. Yeah. Probably, I think. Diarrhea? Diarrhea. Of a, of a mad housewife? Uh, that came out in the 70s, I think. <laughs> okay. But um, this one is, again, if I had to pick a Rob Reiner movie, this is the one I picked, and it's Princess Bride. Ooh. Um. <clears throat> I picked this. I has well first William Goldman wrote it, who also wrote Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, one of my favorite movies. William Goldman's probably my favorite screenwriter. Okay. Um but this movie that I was torn on putting this in here because this I consider it could be it's a fantasy family film. Yeah. And it's I mean it's got some action in it it's got it's a mm -hmm. revenge i mean it's a fairy tale yeah um it's not a straight it's not something that people typically think of as a comedy it's also a, a movie that i think of as it's just a good movie it's a good movie there's some people that don't i guess there's some people that don't like princess bride huh. like and i and i part of it is probably nostalgia like we saw this when we were kids um some people haven't like if they see it now out of the blue they probably think that maybe it's dated or something yeah. but it's it's one of the it's similar to planes trains and automobiles where it has some emotional elements it's more goofy than planes trains but the story structure is great the characters are good they're all the characters are not cardboard cutouts no um and i don't know i'm torn on it being but i i think it's hilarious I, and that's why I put it in there because I feel like a lot of the humor was from the writing. It was purposely put in there. Um, it was purposely made to be funny. It doesn't get to the point to where you cry at all. No. You don't feel to, I mean, judging by the, the base definition of a comedy is a movie with a happy ending. It has one of those. It has one of those. It it doesn't make you feel it makes you feel like a little suspense or something like a little uncertain a little for some of the characters, but 
Um, it's very lighthearted. It's a family movie. Um, I think uh, overall, I think it's just a good movie. I do find it hilarious. That's why I put it on there because it's one of the funnier movies I've seen. There's just so many. It's just one of those you could watch and the interaction, the dialogue. Uh, there's a lot of quotable lines in there. Oh, yeah. Um, Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> no <laughs> more rhymes. I mean it. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> I, I was thinking Jason Siegel. Yeah, I, <laughs> always. Um, uh, but I, I love it. I, I think the writing in it is great. The <clears> characters are... Um, they all play it straight, but they're all in on the joke. Oh, yeah. And that's very rare. Usually you can get a couple of them that know what kind of movie they're in. I feel like everyone in this movie knew exactly what they were making, and they had a very clear direction as far as the kind of movie they wanted it to be. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I think the Fred Savage um, portion of it is... Obviously, it's a lesser part of the movie, but I think that that was necessary because I remember the first time I watched it, he was actually the hook. As soon as I saw him, because I watched Wonder Years or The Wizard and stuff like that, um, the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, Fred Savage is in this and barely in it. But it's the introduction to the movie because when I watched it, I had the same feeling. I was like, the, the title sucks. It sounds like a girly movie. Yeah. And yeah. oh, it's a fairy tale romance. And I thought no, the same I, thing. I thought the and, same thing. Um, but once you like he's your guide into the movie. But once you get into it, they push the I mean, they they have Fred Savage chime in every once in a while, but then more or less they push him off to the side. But once you're in the movie, they let you go with the movie. But yeah, and you like all the characters that you're supposed to like. Mm -hmm. Like Carrie L, what's what's his Carrie Elwes. Um, oh crap! I can't believe I can't even remember his name. It's not Stable Boy. Wesley. Thank Wesley. you. Jeez. Jeez. Um, no, he plays that great. Yeah, he's really good in it. Mandy Panikin and Mandy Panikin. I, he's great. I have something to tell you as well. What's that? I'm not left-handed either. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. <laughs> my name is Nigo Matoya. How many Come How on. many fingers are in your right hand? That and that's pro. That's. My favorite funny scene is when Wesley is laying on the bed. Yes. And he's playing his bluff. And he, he goes yeah. into that diatribe. He's yeah. like, no, to the pain. What? To the pain. And then he was yeah. like, first, I'm going to uh, cut off your nose. And then so yes. the, and my ears. Like, no, your ears I keep. So every <laughs> screeching babe, every crying mother can, <laughs> that walks by and looks down and says, oh, my God, what is that thing? <laughs> Yeah, and that that the writing of that is definitely William Goldman, and for sure. Um, but the uh, the another scene that I like is my favorite scene is Inigo Montoyo, uh, dueling the six fingered man. Yeah, well, he's and, Christopher Guest, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Christopher Guest, and that the whole scene where he just keeps saying, "My name is T." Yeah, he he keeps repeating that line, which is good on uh pandakin because it shows how you're he's just repeating the same line over and over but every time he says it it's just a little bit more determination mm -hmm. a little bit more he's like it goes from <clears throat> oh that's his catchphrase to no he's just letting him know he's he's going to kill him yeah and yeah. then it gets to that point he's like offer me money offer me 
offer me anything I want in the world. He's like, anything, anything, what, whatever you want. He's like, I want my father back. You son of a bitch. Love it. Just, yeah. Great writing. Great. And ah, so good. Yeah. Love that. Well, the, like to your point that, that that's a testament. I think the, 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 the comedy in that movie is a testament to the writing because there's, they're not a lot of character actors. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Andre the Giant isn't an actor. Manny Patinkin wasn't really a comedic actor, more of a Broadway play kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Carrie Ellis at that point, not really. And Robin Wright Penn, not really. I think that a comedic I think it was actor. like one of her first movies. It might have been. It might have been. Um, the only comedic actor I think was Wallace Shaw. That was it. Wallace Shaw, yeah. Um, oh, Christopher Guest is was in a yeah, yeah. I guess he was Christopher Guest. I mean, you had some comedic people in there, which I think Chris Sheridan I mean, wasn't really a comedic Mel Smith. Actor. You had cameos with Billy Crystal, Billy yeah. Crystal, Carol and Carol Kane, and so. But I think having those character actors in there grounded it and gave it more i think it made it a better movie because i think if you filled up if they would have made this today it would have it, it wouldn't they just pick all com it would be yep uh kristen wig and fucking just fucking melissa mccarthy, melissa McCarthy yeah and Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. And it would just be over the top. The fucking, cast of Ghostbusters. Yeah, the cast of Ghostbusters. I'm trying to think of like over the top. Like they'd probably bring back Mike Myers for something. <laughs> He'd be the, um, the Billy Crystal role. Yeah. Because he could put on some makeup and prosthetics. Yeah. The, yeah. But I think them picking character actors and being surrounded mm-hmm. by comedic actors, I think that made the movie that much better because it it took it a little bit more seriously. But I mean, as you said, the comedy is in the writing. Oh yeah. And it is. if it's in the writing, then you have decent <clears throat> actors. They should be able to deliver yeah. it. Yeah. Marriage. <laughs> Marriage. <laughs> Brings us together. <laughs> Today. Um, mm. It's a good pick. Yeah. I, yeah. It's but to be honest with you, I don't think I would have considered it a comedy. But, and that's that's where I was it's having still funny. because Princess Bride is definitely one of my I think it's probably one of the better movies that came out of the eighties. Oh god, yeah. Um for sure. And I had that trouble too to where I was mm-hmm. like I don't I was like when yeah. I think of comedy, <laughs> I don't think of Princess Bride, but when I saw the list it's one of, of the comedy films released, I was I was like, God, it is kind of a I mean it's a comedy, but it's it's mixed in with a bunch of different genres. I yeah. think it's one of the best written movies um, in the 80s, and I think it was written as a comedy. It's one of the best fantasy movies, I think, mm-hmm. like ever made. It's great. Yeah. It's, you know, tight. It's fast. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Nice picture. What's your number one? Oh, man. Ooh. Numeral uno. Uh. So this movie, I, I would watch as a kid and I thought it was, you know, funny, but it just keeps getting better and better every time I see it. It's so good. Uh, I just watched it before I came over here, Jay. And I was like, yep, this is it. This is I still laugh out loud over the little uh, situations and the, the, the performances. It's a combination of good script writing and just the actors being funny. In, in all aspects of it, and that is Three Amigos. <laughs> Hands down. I'm not sure 
how much I'm going to be able to contribute this because I have never seen the three. Oh my god, Jay, it's so good. Directed by John Landis. Like I said, uh, I love John Landis. He's a great director. Uh, but this is my favorite movie that, that he's done, comedy wise. Um, stars Steve Martin as <clears throat> Lucky Day, <laughs> Martin Short as Ned Nederland, and Chevy Chase as Dusty Bottoms. <laughs> the names alone are great. And it's about three silent film actors that uh, get fired by the studio because they're not making enough money anymore. They get a letter from a small Mexican town from uh, a lady and her son who's saying this this guy, this criminal El Guapo is terrorizing our town. And we need someone to come save us. And they go into a silent movie in Mexico. They watch a Three Amigos movie and they, they think that they're real. Okay. So uh, there's a great scene where they're going to Western Union and they're like, you know, you know, three amigos, please come and save us from El Guapo, the villainous monster murderer. We will pay you 100,000 pesos, blah, 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 blah. And the guy's like, counting the words, he's like, that'd be 23 pesos. He's like, uh, we only have 10. I will give you the 10 peso version. <laughs> so then he starts editing the letter. Basically, when it gets to them, it's like, put on a show, come to Mexico, 100,000 pesos, thank you. So when they go, they have no idea that they're there. And mm -hmm. they think that they're just there to put on a show, like a Three Amigos show. So it's just a fish out of water story, simple. Mm -hmm. uh, they slowly realize that this isn't a show. This is a real guy who w will kill them. Um, and then, you know, it's just them coming around. They, they, they're successful. They, they, they have the guys that come initially, and they're kind of just like, who the fuck are these three guys they're just weird and they run off they tell Aguapo they come back Aguapo runs them out and then uh they eventually save the town so they become the three amigos mm -hmm. eventually it's it's typical story writing sure. but man the way you just described it yeah reminded me of another movie what's that galaxy quest it's exactly the same yeah it's exactly the same the same premise good movie see and for i'm sure i feel bad for not have seen not have seen the three amigos before because i love martin short oh and i know that's probably his most noteworthy so good in it other than well, <laughs> look at me like a normal human um what was it oh god not fred will uh clifford clifford yeah with um but yeah but yeah i haven't seen i can't believe it we gotta watch it you'd love it just the little subtleties in the scenes and like uh oh my god i can't there's a just the, the little lines of dialogue are just mm -hmm. hilarious because they're they're three idiots and they're not trying to be overtly like mean or, or rude or anything they're just dumb yeah and they play it so great like Steve, like there's there's a scene where they go into they get to mexico uh right off the bat and they go to a bar to find directions to the small town they're supposed to go to and uh steve martin it's full of mexican like scoundrels at this bar it's a cd bar and steve martin goes Excuse me, we aren't Mexicans. We're from out of town. <laughs> he says it. <laughs> he says it so straight laced. It's so good. Uh, and then when they make it, they they do this number where uh, anyway, I don't want to. Uh, they think that they're supposed to be angry Germans, and uh, they tell the bartender, "Hey, when our friends get here, uh, you know they're killers. Let them know that we're we're hold out over here. Tell them to come meet us." So when the three amigos come in, they they think that they're the the 
people that that guy said were seedy. So they they like treat them with respect. They don't want to anger them because they mm. think they're going to kill them. So they did this little like musical routine. Chevy Chase is playing the piano and Martin Short and Steve Martin are like, here, little buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And it, so they make it to the town. Another great piece of dialogue is that they they feed them tacos. And Chevy Chase is doing Chevy Chase where he's trying to roll up the taco meat in with the taco. And he's trying to eat it and it just keeps falling out. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, do you have anything besides Mexican food? <laughs> uh, oh, God. It's got a great line where, uh, God, Chevy Chase is so good in it. Or, so John Landis does good, a good job at like, uh, he does still shots mm-hmm. with like a bunch of people surrounding like the comedic actor. So Chevy, this is after they've defeated the the villains that come to uh, take over the town. So they're celebrating, right? So Chevy Chase is vaguely strumming a guitar, acting like he can play it. He's being Chevy Chase. He's like, and then he, he just all he tries to he's trying to like do like a Mexican like like lullaby. Mm-hmm. He goes, <laughs> all, all the, the Mexican people around him are like, he the, just plays the, the solo. <laughs> anyway, so he he gets uh, in typical Chevy Chase fa- fashion. He he gets like a love interest in this movie. Yeah, and. uh have you ever kissed a girl? He's like, oh yeah, I've kissed a girl. Would you want to kiss me? He goes, sure. And there's a long pause. You can kiss me now. We could take a walk on the veranda. You can kiss me on the veranda. And he goes, no, the lips would be fine. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so Jay, it's, it's scene after scene. It's just so funny. It's, it's great. Um, there was a rumor. So this movie was written by Steve Martin, Lauren Michaels, and Randy Newman. The, the yeah, the music. boy I love in L.A. Or you know, you got a friend in me. That guy. Ah, Jesus. the only screenplay he ever like wrote, co-wrote. He must have had like a joke or something thrown in there. And they well, he plays him. he plays a Bernie or a singing bush in the movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, every scene in this movie is golden. It's, it gets better with it's like a fine wine. I'll watch it before we it's, record next time. It is I'll... so good, man. It's so funny. It's so uh, because they're they play dumb idiots mm-hmm. to a T, and it's perfect. It's it's so good, and they have an arc at the end where they they realize that you know they they did take themselves too seriously, and they come to realize that <clears throat> we found something within ourselves that we didn't know was there previously. We're brave. Mm-hmm. We have morals. Let's stand by them kind of thing. But uh, there was a rumor where John Landis wasn't going to direct this. It was going to be Steven Spielberg. And uh, Steve Martin was going to be Lucky Day still because he wrote it, obviously. And then Dusty Bottoms was going to be Bill Murray. And Ned Nederland was going to be Robin Williams. And I think if they made that movie, it wouldn't be as funny because all three of those guys would have tried to have been the star of the show sucked up all the oxygen but chevy chase martin short and steve martin working together they don't do that it's very they play off each other very well no one really steals the show it's just 
a Three Amigos movie. It's not a Bill Murray movie. It's not a Robin Williams movie. It just makes it that much more funnier. It's yeah, it's good. I I would typically I would agree with that. The of course I don't, I don't know I don't uh, I've never made a movie with Chevy Chase. I heard he's similar mm-hmm. kind of a person like he can be the asshole like yeah. Martin Short is so good at playing low key anyways. Oh, yeah. Like he he's a good he is. Uh, part of an ensemble. Um, you There's, said Bill Murray and Robin Williams. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know when Robin Williams got off drugs. I don't know if he was still yeah. balls deep in the 80s in him, but... This was made in 1986. I, I mean, he never really struck me as someone who was had an over-ego. <clears throat> but yeah, if... I don't see... Yeah, Bill Bill Murray's just... yeah. I, I I guess I mean in the sense of the studio would have butted in and been like, oh, we need more Robin Williams scenes or we need more Bill Murray scenes. Mm-hmm. And here that it's all even. Yeah. It's good. It's very, it's very level headed. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to watch it. I feel bad because I don't have anything to. <laughs> there's a, there's so many good lines, man. There's a, uh, uh, God, they're so dumb in it. It's so great. Uh, and it's funny, it didn't have strong critic reviews when it came out. I think it has like a 42% Rotten Tomatoes score. I don't think any of these movies that we talked about had strong critical reviews when they came out. Really? Yeah, because I don't... Um, I mean, they're all like six, six on, sixes on IMDb. Mm. Like, none of them are... like, And I think, of course comedies are hard for critics to i mean there's nothing short of becoming a box office hit Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if any trying to think of like good critically reviewed comedies like beverly hills cop yeah Yeah, it was a critical success for sure the um i mean maybe the hangover or something yeah but but I, i don't know i still remember reading reviews like oh it's just a typical yeah fucking yeah. oh boys behaving badly and a typical it's like old school and blah blah and um yeah. shit like that but but yeah i mean i think a lot of the uh like i know funny farm wasn't i mean it was a minor hit um when that came out but uh i don't know maybe planes trains and automobiles was i think but, that was a critical success um but you're right yeah comedies normally aren't they're not going to be like the godfather or a drama that has like 95 percent around tomatoes or anything like that which i think is a shame because i think there's it doesn't get the love i mean comedies are really never nominated for an oscar if it is it's a it's a somewhat like annie hall Mm -hmm. i think one that one best picture i think 77 it was the same year star wars came out um but i think that one that was kind of a but it was more of a intro introspective like it's like a drama yeah, yeah more of a drama and um but yeah comedies tend not get i think the respect they deserve because i think they're they're a lot harder good comedies are hard yeah. you can you can pump out the stupid like not another teen movie or superhero movie or scary movie mm-hmm. like you just turn that shit out and it won't mean anything, hence why they don't make them anymore. Um, but good comedies, I think, are more difficult. I just wish it did get more critical love in that aspect 
but I think because it's so subjective for it has to hit somebody's funny bone or something. Um, maybe that's why yeah. to where, <clears throat> well, the opening scene in three amigos is actually pretty technically well done because they're silent film stars and they show like five minutes of their silent film. Mm-hmm. It's like, are a they like film. Buster Keaton style yeah. actors? And yes. The, that's cool. Yeah, it's really well done. And then they, they do old Hollywood very well. They go into the they go into the executive's office and they, he's laying down like we gotta let you go. Mm-hmm. And it's the the most absurdly large office that yeah. they have there, and he's such a prick. Mm-hmm. It's got actually Phil Hartman and John Lovitz in there. They play his assistants. Nice. They do a pretty good Lauren Michaels makes sense, the SNL guys are on there. But uh I it's just underrated, man. It's so funny. I'll check it out. It is so funny. It's yeah like i said it just got it just keeps getting better it's so fun like little the little subtleties in the in the, in the line deliveries and i'll watch it oh I'm, it's it's i'll be you come into it thinking that and they took risks too like the uh there's a couple musical numbers in there that are, you're just like they come out of nowhere and you're like mm-hmm. what the hell are they doing and then it keeps going you're just like you're just like oh my god they're being silly this is yeah. good yeah it's good you'll like you'll love it I'll check it out. It's fantastic. I'll watch it before we record next. Yeah, you'll like it. It's worth it. Get my two cents. Anyone out there who hasn't seen Three Amigos, it's fantastic. Underrated. My favorite. I would say it's my favorite comedy of the 80s. Hands down. Mine is... uh, Came out in 1980. So... Okay, there you go. Barely. I I already know what it is. Yeah, it's... It's Airplane. There you go. And... (laughs) um. I, I I am not I don't like flying. I think it's a control thing. Sure. Um if there is a long stretch between times like I mean if I um it used to be to where I hadn't been on a plane in like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um and then my mind starts getting the best of me blah blah all this other bullshit. But I'll watch airplane to calm me down like before I uh <clears throat> it's either watching alive or watching airplane before I hop on a on a plane to go somewhere. Um, but usually airplane wins out. But um the it, some of the jokes are dated. Um you have it's very scary movie-esque. If you guys haven't seen it, everyone's seen airplane, but so um it's similar to scary movie. Um it's a spoof off of like zero hour and airport. Um, some of the disaster movies uh, from the 50s and um, but yet you have some slightly dated jokes but I like the Harry Krishnas and then they reference um, like Saturday Night Fever and From Here to Eternity Mm. and uh, some commercials Uh, like there's a coffee commercial they like Urban Coffee or something like some kind of coffee brand that they make fun of their commercial and that's in the movie. Right. Um, so that joke doesn't really hit, but I picked it because of what it one, I think it's hilarious. I, I could watch it, I can laugh every time I watch it. Um, it is absurd <laughs> to the but I like it because it's so absurd, but everybody is playing it straight. Uh, and that's my favorite thing about that because before um you had before this movie came out 
you had Peter Graves, who plays Captain Over. You had Leslie Nielsen, uh, who plays the Doctor. You have Lloyd Bridges, who plays the Tower Control Guy. Um, all these people, they had never been in a comedy before. And that was the joke. So is that all these people are playing this absurd situation completely straight, but that was part of the humor. Right. And I wish I could have seen it in theaters at age like 25 when it came out or oh, yeah. like, or 30 or something. Um, because I would have been in, like, I feel like it would have hit that much harder. Oh yeah, it would have. Because you, you hadn't seen these people in that light. Even though Leslie Nielsen, I've always known him as a comedic actor. Um, Me too. And like when you think Leslie Nielsen, you think the naked gun. Yeah. Yeah. And that came after this movie. I yeah. mean, this kind of sparked a new um, slapstick wave. Yeah. Slapstick wave for his career. Mm -hmm. And uh, Robert Stack was another one that um, <clears throat> had never been in a comedy before. Um, Robert Stack's the Unsolved Mysteries guy. Gotcha. That's right. Um, and <laughs> but um <clears throat> was this the first like spoof movie like slapstick spoof movie i can't think of anything before because right after this was this is spinal tap that was like the other one i, I think it came out in 81 yeah and because i think because this was uh written and directed by abraham zucker and zucker so they went on to do the naked gun they yeah. went on to do um top secret they had a there's a lot of movies they did in the 80s. It was more absurd stuff. Yeah. Um, Didn't Jerry Zucker do Ghost? I think he directed Ghost. Maybe. He did. Which I remember watching that yep. again. Like, yeah, he directed, Direct, Ghost? directed Ghost. Yeah. Um, Another great movie. I think it was 90s, though, 1990, right? Yeah. Yeah. The. <clears throat> but with the airplane, there's it's absurd. But then you have a bunch of background stuff that's happening that they don't draw attention to. But if you, I mean, you're going to notice it, like the real yeah. projection of them driving a car. Sure. And they're just driving normally. And all of a sudden the background just starts going nuts. Yeah. Makes it look like they're going a million miles an hour. But uh, it, it's goofy. It's, it, I, I, I keep saying this, it's absurd. But um, it's, it's so good. Just, I, I like, I love it because everyone delivers their lines. So deadpan, so serious. Yeah. You have the weirdest shit happening all around everybody but everyone is playing it straight, playing it straight. And I, yeah. I just love, I, th that's just my personal thing. I love comedies like that. I love it. Um, yep. It's just stupid. Someone's sitting in an airplane chair like, Oh, are you a doctor? Yes, I am. And he already has the stethoscope in his <laughs> ears and he gets up and looks and he's doing this stupid sleight of hand trick by keeping pulling eggs out of the mouth of somebody like, Oh, well keep at it. I'll be back. The fuck are the eggs coming out of it? Like, it's just random shit. Yeah, that is yeah. just. I've only seen it. I've only seen airplane one time. It's so dumb. It's, <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> and. It's, that That's, I don't know. That's part of the reason why I wish I could have seen it in the eighties, knowing who this people, yeah. because none of these people have been in comedies before that. I mean, I don't know who to pick to compare it to um <clears throat> that you hadn't seen ever being a comedy being a comedy it would be I'm trying to think 
I mean, it's like why it's like uh, like Robert De Niro and Meet the Parents are like analyze this, this, yeah, to where or Midnight Run or something. Yeah, you hadn't really seen him in a comedy before, yeah. and that that was part of the humor is that oh, you he's known for being this very intimidating person. Yep. Um, and then they play off of that, but the, the fact that they did that with the entire mo- cast. the entire cast, yeah, um, it's a ballsy move. Yeah, see, it worked. It paid off for him, Cotton. Oh yeah. Dang. <laughs> But you've only seen it one time. I've only seen it one time. Yep. The and it's it's not I something think, I watched a lot when I was a kid. I think the reason why I've only seen it once is because it's spoofing disaster movies from the seventies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really grow up watching disaster movies from the seventies, so I didn't really feel a need to go out and see it right away. But I remember liking it, watching. It. I mean, it is good. And that's where it feels dated in some parts, and it is spoofing those movies. But I'd never seen those movies. Yeah. I don't know what they were spoofing, but it's still, at least for me, it was entertaining. Sure. Um, I eventually saw Saturday Night Fever. Um, that was an obvious reference that they did with the, the disco scene. But um, From Here to Eternity, I never saw, but I know what they're referencing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but I, and I think that's part of the reason why, even though they're spoofing those, I still, found it enjoyable i still picked up on okay they're spoofing something but i just figured it was just a disaster film gotcha in general um the but i felt like it still worked um and when i think of comedy that's like that's probably the first movie that pops into my head that's that's what you go to yeah yeah um just that's fair it's over the top it's ridiculous it's so stupid it's so stupid <laughs> it's good but that, but comedies are supposed to be that way sometimes yeah. i feel like they like three amigos got a one like roger Ebert gave it a one and a half star out of four and it makes me angry I'm like why well he directed was it bonfire what the fuck did he direct he directed some dog shit movie uh, um that was the last time he did that yeah um but, and uh, Valley of the Dolls or something? Yeah, something. Or he wrote it. I don't think he directed it. I don't something know. stupid, but I don't know. But you like critics kind of give comedies a they take it too seriously, and you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like Three Amigos, you don't. You're not supposed to take it seriously. Yeah. You're like, is it funny? It's the the structure of the story is these three guys think they're in one situation and they're not. Mm-hmm. That's that's all it is. And it's three comedic actors being funny. Yeah, and yeah, maybe you can't critique comedy. Yeah, because if you don't find it funny, obviously you're gonna yeah. you're gonna call it a shit film. And I'm sure there's people that watch Airplane and like this is stupid. This is this isn't funny at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's like that for, I mean, anything, I guess. But um. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to argue. Oh, this is funny. I didn't find it funny. Well, no, it's funny. Exactly. Kind of a yeah. Thing. So. Yeah. Um. It. I guess maybe it's hard to because you can structurally create something to where it's supposed to be fun. You can follow like the rule of threes um, in comedy. You can do um, some tropes and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's it'd be tough to make an ob- objectively <clears throat> funny movie that everyone would say, "Oh, that that's funny," yeah, because someone would be butt hurt over something. Yeah, and you know, again, three uh, like. It's kind of like, you know, Three Amigos, like I'm, I'm looking at all the, the, I'm noticing that my list here, who's, what was I, oh, Major League, I guess, has 
a couple f bombs in there. And Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is fairly PG until the mm-hmm. f bomb rant. But like Spaceballs, Money Pit, Three Amigos, they're all like PG. Mm-hmm. There's not overt cursing like in every line of dialogue. Like there's some thought. Yeah. And they really try to land with the jokes, mm-hmm. not just for it being overtly crass or and that's sexualized at all. It's it's good writing. It's yeah. good it, performance. It, yeah, we're not like picking ski school or right. something like that Bachelor to where party or, yeah, yeah, it's just like over like Porky. I mean, I never Porkies saw Porky's or meatballs but or something, yeah, yeah, something that where it's like oh titties yeah. and yeah f bombs, dick and fart jokes. Um, I think that <laughs> comedy is better when yeah when you're constrained to certain limitations mm-hmm. to where if you can't go for the easy f-bombs and yep. everything else just to get a reaction out of people that's one thing i don't like about uh, family guy when they did their movies because i remember is when they were canceled i think it was when i was still in college they had a, mo- a family guy movie come out and lois like comes out of the limo on the red carpet and she says fuck and i remember sitting watching it with a group of friends and people started laughing because the cartoon character said fuck and i'm like this is i want to shoot myself <laughs> like that this is not funny like, yeah so good like, on you yeah yeah like, it's it's cheap laughs it's not yeah um three amigos is the scene where they're all they're three of them are riding in the desert and it's actually in uh it's the scene they watch in the movie that we just oh uh, windfall windfall where yeah, Lucky Day gets one drop of water. Yeah, yep, Ned gets sand, and then Chevy Chase just is guzzling the water, mm-hmm. and just you know, it cuts to Steve Martin and Martin Short, just looking at him, just like <laughs> he, you know, he washes it in his mouth, you know, spits it out a little bit, and he just throws it, and then to top it off, like, so he spits out the water, he gets, he gets, he quenches his thirst, he throws it down. They cut to to Steve Martin and. Uh, Martin Short, and they're just looking at him, and Chevy Chase is like looking at him, like, and then they cut back to the canteen. It's still full of water, and it's pouring, <laughs> it's pouring onto the ground. <laughs> People in drought situations like, do not find that funny. Yeah, I know, but it's a nice <laughs> little touch, man. It's so good. Uh, yeah, that movie's full of little little touches like that. It's good. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Week. My goodness. Just never got around. You were deprived it. as a child. I, I know there's so much shit to watch. Huh? Yeah. I don't blame you. This is back in the VHS days. So if my, yeah. if I didn't have access to it. You weren't watching it. No. Nope. What? You didn't have Disney, Disney plus or Disney HBO plus. max or Paramount plus or Hulu or YouTube yeah. TV. It's what the, FUBU. The kids are doing Tubi. now. We've been watching toy story. <laughs> For three weeks. I think one of the days when I had the Rona, I watched Toy Story 4 twice. Oh. Then Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, and then Toy Story 3 all in one day. Goodness. Yeah. And I still have not seen Toy Story 4 all the way through. You haven't? <laughs> just, I just, just I zone like, off. I get it. You're like, I get it. I get they, it. They should have ended that trilogy. At, yeah. After the trilogy. Yep. I think Toy Story. Yeah. I got you. Well, they had to make but, their money, Jay. Disney needs to get paid. They sure do. So did Tom Hanks. That's something I wanted to bring up with Tom Hanks um, with Money Pit. Is there... I'm trying to think of somebody who's had a better career than him in the history of film. 
in terms of like just being in different genres and different genres he's critically shown the widest range he's worked the longest i mean kurt russell's worked since he was a child it's true um but i don't i mean kurt russell isn't everyone knows who kurt russell is but he's been in some good comedies he's not tom hanks status No. no um no. And I mean, but there's like, you have people like Tom Cruise that has worked just as long. But Tom Cruise hasn't, he's always in the same shit. He's always yeah the leading guy, the what, I mean. He couldn't lead a comedy. Yeah. I mean, he, no. he's, he was funny in Tropic Thunder. Um, yeah. And he's had some comedic stuff that he's done, but he's he's more or less kind of what you see is what it's, a t- it's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. You know yeah. what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Tom Hanks, like you had the eighties, like the, the last five years of the eighties, it was just bam, 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 bam. Yep. Comedy. Um, you, and then you could see him starting to get more range in his characters in the early nineties mm-hmm. with league of their own, still funny, but starting to, show a little bit of a range then you get into the forest gump the philadelphia is when yep. it really starts hitting it hard um no pun intended and <laughs> the and then apollo 13 yeah um and i mean and then now yeah. we're at, we're at geppetto with pinocchio yeah i mean i think he's going to be one of those guys that just keeps working um like clint eastwood yeah which is fine but i'm trying to think of somebody else maybe maybe robin williams as far as just the range of acting, he's very. Yeah, but I good. don't. I mean, it, range of acting and then star power, consistent mm-hmm. star power. Because, yeah. I mean, Robin Williams, he kind of like dipped in the 2000s. Um, yeah. No, he, he, he did some independent stuff or whatever, but he wasn't he wasn't huge like he was. No. Um where Tom Hanks, I don't think he's ever like he's just consistently been oh Tom Hanks is Tom in Hanks. something. So let's go. Um but yeah, I don't know. I mean Leonardo DiCaprio is not a good one. I mean, but like Yeah, and I I mean and he I guess he started younger than uh He did. But he hasn't been in any comedic roles. Really. Yeah, he's not No. I feel like, like the Tom first Hanks was. Well, Tom Hanks started in a uh, sitcom, Bosom Buddies. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I don't think so. I think he's one of a kind right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's... Is he the greatest actor of our generation? <laughs> he's not Actually, our generation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess of um, any generation. The, but Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone else has had a better career than what no? he has. He's directed stuff. He's, yeah. I mean, he's... How many things did he direct? He did uh, That Thing You Do, yep. uh, which is a pretty good movie. And he did Larry Crown, which is awful. Okay, I never saw Larry Crown. Oh, God, dude. Gag I was guess, if he just so... directed one movie, That Thing You Do, like, he directs one movie and it's fucking That Thing You Do? Yeah. Like, it's pretty good. <laughs> it is pretty good. It is pretty good. Um, Larry Crown's awful, though. It's very milk toast and mm-hmm. it's not inspired at all. It's just boring. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst thing a movie can be is boring. That thing is boring. Yeah. Is that the one with Julia Roberts? Yeah. Yeah. Um it's not funny at all. It's just boring. Yeah. Just bland. Bland. Rami Malik is in it. 
It's yeah. one of his first movies, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. I, I think Tom Hanks is unparalleled. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I wish he would go back to comedy. Like He should. He should do one. One last one. He's done the animated stuff. I know. Toy- I don't know. Um, But yeah, I, I wish he would... I don't know. I don't know if it'd just be too weird seeing an old Tom Hanks like laugh around and <laughs> like doing his oh, yeah, stick yeah. again. I don't but, know. Um, I don't know. Did you see Greyhound? I didn't know. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's on Apple, isn't it? It is on Apple. Yeah, that's why I haven't seen it. Well, we bought our iPhones and we got like three free months of Apple TV Plus, and right. that was on there. It's uh, very good. I have an I have a Android. Because I'm not a sheep. I know. Well, good for you. Whatever. Steve, yeah. Steve Jobs. What are you? One of the eat it two percent of people that doesn't have an iPhone. I'm, I'm good I'm for the, you. I'm the only one. I'm the, I'm the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Samsung makes phones just for me now. <laughs> exactly. We have one client. His name's Jason. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But well, well. Top eighties movies. Comedy. Comedy. What are we going to talk about next time, Jack? Um. I don't know. I got to bring it up. Ah, uh, I forgot already. I forgot. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, next week, we will be talking. We will be talking about Top Gun colon Maverick, mm. which saw that recently. The first, the first one. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's so sweaty in that fucking movie. You mentioned this. T- Tony's beads of sweat. Yeah, beads of sweat. It's not even like a glisten. Like it's just like it's, you get you just see the pellets of sweat that haven't accumulated to create yeah. raindrops yet. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Top Gun Maverick uh, next week. You know what else is great about Top Gun? What's that? Is that you have to know that Maverick is a rebel in that movie. Yes. Every scene. Yep. You're uncontrollable, Maverick. It's like you're flying with a ghost up yeah. there. <laughs> you're such a loose cannon, Mav. <laughs> You get, you get reminded of that like every 10 minutes in the movie. The Because uh, we showed it, uh, I showed it to Christy for, we watched, she watched it for the first time last week. Mm-hmm. And I warned her, I was like, there's going to be some cheese in this. It's 80s. But oh, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. Way. We're watching it. And um, she's like, yeah, everyone's so sweaty in this. <laughs> and then we get to the volleyball scene and she's like, really? <laughs> and I was like, babe, Watch it because this is for you. They put this in there specifically for you. That's right. And the blue blue sex scene, and yeah, which I'm not a fan of sex scenes in movies. Anyways, it comes off as awkward. That one was fine. That's probably one of my favorite ones, just because you get it. Like yeah, it's sensual. Blah blah blah. But you don't you don't see the gratuitous nudity or like the dude's ass cheeks flapping as they're like banging against the wall or some bullshit. And well, and you have that sweet soundtrack. Take my breath away. It's a classic song. It's baby great. making music. Right it there. is. It really is. <laughs> the um... playing with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Anthony Edwards had to keep his shirt on because he's the only non-toned person. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Fucking. Uh, oh God, who is it? Uh, the uh, Rio for uh, Iceman. I forget his name, but just always fucking flexing and shit in the goddamn <laughs> sand. Um, well, by today's standards, they're not really that ripped. Like, have you seen Baywatch with Zac Efron and The Rock? Yeah. It's like... The, yeah. Well, steroids is now fuck? more common. Exactly, so. that's true. 
watching Top Gun, the beach scene, it's like, well, these guys aren't that big. Yeah. They're bigger. It's just normal dudes now. Trevor like, <laughs> Pants and the Batman. More tone in these guys, these yeah. fools. Yeah, but we'll we'll touch on uh, more Top Gun when we watch Top Gun Maverick because oh, yeah. there's some things people get people shit on Michael Bay, but they need to start earlier if they want to because there there was another there's another but um there's but yeah we'll talk about Top Gun next week um uh, Top Gun Maverick the new one so um we would have talked about it this week but Rona Rona and uh, that bitch but it's an uh, evil bitch but yeah. What do you think of our list? Our top fives? Uh, was mine better than Matt's? Well, of course mine was. Well, that's debatable. But let us know in the comments. Please. At acastwithnoname.com. Also, or send us an email if you don't want to have your shit up on the episode page Counter or whatever. Board. Yeah. Yeah, just shoot us an email. If you have any questions, ask us like how we sleep at night or yeah. I don't know, whatever the fuck. I don't whatever know. Whatever you want to do. Sh- show us your top five yeah. comedies. Half of you people that are listening to this know us personally, so you probably don't want to talk to us regardless, but that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. We see you next weekend. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we see you like every other fucking day. Yeah. Um, so awesome. Anything else to add? No, Jay. Okay, good. I'm good. I'm good too. How far did we go? Oh, two two and a half hours. Easy peasy. Uh oh. Low battery. Twenty nine percent remaining. See, we made it. Shit. Got it. In the clear. Until next time, Jay. (laughs) Until next time, Matt. Go fuck your mother. Uh, Oh.